You're about to listen to Tadpog. Tyler and Dave play old games. It's a comedy video game podcast. We would like to stress that the hosts are not experts and are really just very crass commentators. Seriously, this is an explicit podcast that happens to talk about video games sometimes. So please enjoy this pretty okay podcast with Tyler and Dave. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another, yet another, 713. So far, it's 713. We'll see where we're at in a couple of hours. Tadpog Podcast. Tyler and Dave and Ian and a special guest host play old games. Uh, I guess since it was, it's probably not a huge spoiler since I put it in the, the, (laughs) while we did all, all raw calls Last week, uh, I think I even said, like, hey, Brooks' family was sick. We didn't do it. So, hey, Brooks is here. Hey, what's up? Hey, Brooks. Good to have you on hey. the show, my man. All right. Good to actually be on the show. This is this is fun. Oh, it's the first. This is the first. First, first one. Uh, third podcast now for me that I've been on. <laughs> You're in a, you, got, you threw your hat in for the ring on uh, for WWF games, like, Way back. Um, and I think you bought one off of me. <laughs> and I, that's when I threw my name in the hat for him. I totally remember that. <laughs> Please don't ask me to remember details, but I promise you, I assure you, I remember that. Uh, I remember it because uh, you bought enough games that I had you pay me in Doom Eternal. That's right. Yeah, I remember that now. Because uh, there was a... Um, Man, I can't remember. I think the WWF, whichever game it was, was kind of like, oh, cool, we got that now. But there was one, uh, gosh, I can't remember what the big one was uh, that I really wanted. And I was happy that it you was, had it. It was Mega Man X2. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Very nice. Yeah. Neat. So, what? yeah. I have, Dave has some of my old collection. It's true. Resting on, resting on his shelf. That's right. I do. Because, of course, we're talking about the three LJN WWF games, Super WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, and Raw. And we had to have our foremost wrestleologist, an actual living wrestler. The, the second one we've had on the show since Leva was on once. But, but the first one you can actually hear. Yep. <laughs> you can hear us. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thanks, Ian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, uh, I grew up with these games, even though LJN in video games are kind of, it's kind of, uh, typically a bad sign. Usually it's no bueno, right? Unless it's yeah. Jaws. Other than that, <laughs> there are a few yeah. LG, there are a few LJN games that I like, but there's like, there's a little bit of development history, I think with these WWF games, which I think explains why there might not be as bad as what we're used to from LJM. But mm. we'll get to that in the second segment. I got a whole thing for that. Okay. Well, then before we do a deep dive into all these games, what you guys been up to? What have you been doing? Well, if you'd like for me to start sure. and get my usual shit out of the way, um, I finished a lot of shows that season finaled. Over the last week or so, uh, Succession finale, um, Barry finale. Is that series or season? 
series. Series. And Ted Lasso um, finale was yesterday, and I watched it, and I got a little verklempt. I saw a lot of posts about it, immediately shut Facebook down, so I need to get that. Don't, yeah, <laughs> don't look at the internet, because they're talking about it everywhere. But um, those are three excellent shows I still recommend, except for the fourth season of Barry, which was total fucking garbage. And on we go. <laughs> Not stopping. <laughs> the next thing I watched, um, there was a there was a little discussion that came up on the Discord recently about the movies Searching and Missing. Yeah, I saw I saw that conversation kind of go in. So, are you guys at all familiar with these movies? No, and I thought it was I was kind of laughing to myself because when I when the conversation started, I was like, man, it'd be funny if these movies were related because their titles are well, they're done. They're in the same style. Uh huh. And basically, the whole thing takes place. You are essentially seeing a computer screen the whole time. Okay. So, this uh, in the first movie, which is Searching, John Cho plays the main character, and he is the a, a single dad who had l- recently lost his wife to cancer, and uh, so he's raising his daughter and everything else. Well, she goes. Missing, which is not the title of this movie. I thought you were going to say, she goes searching. She goes searching. <laughs> he, goes, he goes searching for her. But he's using all the... You see him get on FaceTime, and you, it's a really creative uh, format, and I really dig it. And then the second movie is not a sequel. It's just another movie by the same director done in the same style. Um, but it's a totally different story. There are a few little Easter eggs here and there from the first movie, which are neat to see. Um, but the... And there's a really terrible, terrible, terrible garbage ripoff of this format of movie on Amazon Prime right now. If you're in the mood for something really awful called um, Deadware, um, it's the same style. It's really dumb, and I would love for someone to watch it, laugh about it, and then hit me up on the Discord about it. But the reason I brought those other two movies up is because there was another movie that came out recently called Run, and it's by the same director, but it's not done in the same format. And uh, it has the woman that, her name eludes me, she's she's in like every season of American Horror Story. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson, thank you. Mm-hmm. She's in it, and this uh, newcomer, real, real um, good actress in this one that plays her daughter, and... Uh, Basically, the the premise of the movie is that the first thing you see is a very premature baby being born, and Sarah Paulson is the mother, and the baby's very sick and very sickly, and then they list all these different like diseases on the screen and show all the what that means, and then flash forward to her being old enough to be getting ready to go to college. And her mom, and she's in a wheelchair, and her mom, Sarah Paulson, had been taking care of her her whole life. Um, but there are a couple of really interesting twists that come about. And uh, see, it wasn't just me. The air conditioner stopped. The air went off. Update. So anyway, um, I do highly recommend this one um, because it's got a really fun uh, plot. And I wouldn't exactly call it fresh, but it's it's a very good 
suspenseful movie that I do recommend. Um, the other thing I was just going to briefly mention, I'm not going to get into it too much. I've got because I got one more thing after that that I really want to talk about for a minute. But the last thing I watched in the last couple of weeks, John Wick Four. Love it. Can't get enough John Wick. So if you haven't seen John Wick Four, if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend it. I'm just ready for Constantine Two. Me too. Yeah, that looks. I can't wait for that to actually happen. Yeah, Constantine was an awesome film. I was super pumped to hear that they were doing a, a sequel. Um, so the last thing I wanted to talk about on my watch list, and this was going to take a little longer than usual, because I, I had recommended to me an anime uh, that is from the early 2000s, like the very like 2001, called Ghost Stories. Mm. Are you guys Did familiar you with dub? Ghost Stories? Of course you watch the dub. Yes, I'm, of course I yes, I'm familiar with Ghost Stories, yeah. Oh, I am not yet. Oh, my God. God, do you know the story behind I it? I do, and I yeah. wanted to talk about the story behind it's it. It's really bit. interesting. So, Ghost Stories is just your sort of cookie cutter anime about some kids that deal with ghosts that show up at their school, and okay. like you do, like you do. All and uh, apparently, when the show was first released in Japan, I've got ten fun facts about this show. Okay. And apparently when this show was released in Japan, it flopped. It flopped hard. Mm -hmm. It was a very big disappointment. They didn't get anywhere with it. It was done by a company called Animax. Not to be confused with Aniplex. Aniplex. Um, and so it, it, it failed in Japan, but it has managed to become a cult classic in the West. And it's according to this list I've got, it's very unusual that due to its abs abysmal numbers in Japan, it's like kind of a miracle that this one ever even got a dub to begin with. Yeah. And um, so it was almost like a throwaway, and Animax didn't have any, didn't give a shit. So they gave up complete creative control to the to ADV Films, which is a studio that dubs stuff like Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion and uh, Elfin Lied, although I don't know that one. That's another old one. Okay. So they gave it over to ADV to dub it, and they, they didn't care what they did, and they placed almost no restrictions on what they were allowed to do with the dub mm -hmm. except for two guidelines the names of the characters had to remain the same and the manner in which the ghosts are defeated should not be tampered with. Aside from that, everything else was fair game. So they, they took it and Animax was so desperate to make something out of this because it failed so badly, um, they basically pleaded with ADV to take it on. Please do something with this. Turn it into something entertaining in the West. So they did. And they brought in um, the, the guy that directed the dub. His name is Stephen Foster. And he basically took it over and uh, wrote this whole thing that was sort of like a guideline to what he wanted to do, but 
not necessarily a script. And so they bring in the first voice actor they brought in. Um, this apparently was the first kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of Western dub version of an anime, like some that really kind of caught on. And they brought in the, the actor, and that he started ad libbing and making all these just random, like topical jokes and references. And the and the cast that joined him uh, jumped in and went with it. They just ran with it. So basically, the entire. The entire script of all whose 20... Whose line, the anime? It, it's, it's almost like whose line meets, meets MST3K <laughs> okay. meets South Park meets anime. Yeah, and it, it was most, like almost all of it is ad-lib. Almost every bit of it is ad-lib. It's bizarre. It's, it's really funny. fucking bizarre, but, but bizarre. it is hilarious. I have laughed out loud more this week watching this show than I have in a long time. And um, at first, you know, it was kind of one of those things where audiences didn't like the dub because I don't think anyone was ready for it. Uh -uh. I don't think anyone expected this to happen, but they, they, it has eventually just come this, become this cult classic. It is loaded with like, especially like turn of the century, early 2000s references mm -hmm. and stuff. And like, it's funny because the girl I work with that recommended I watch it is like 23. So I can't even imagine that she even gets most of the references that they make in the show. But um, it's, it is absolutely worth a watch. If you don't watch the whole thing, just give a few episodes a shot and just laugh at some of the... As the series goes on, you can tell the actors become more comfortable in their roles with these ad-libbing mm -hmm. things, and it just gets funnier and funnier. Um, and I'm I'll just... It sounds right up my alley right now anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think no. you'd like it. It's really... it's a. It's it's I like the stories. I think the concept is pretty cool. I'm not really sure why it didn't do well in Japan when it was first released, but um, in any case, give it a watch, have a have a laugh, and just I'm just really grateful to my friend who recommended this because I, it would have gone completely out under my radar. I would never have gotten it, and it's been just hilarious and really great to hear the fucking just funniest jokes and knowing that they're ad-libbing everything makes it that much better to me. Mm. So, um, ghost stories. Wiz and Sage says, check it out. Four stars. I support this. I support this recommendation. Mm -hmm. That's all I've got, fellas. Dave, what about you? Well, uh, we're Recording this after Memorial Day weekend. By the mm -hmm. time it comes out, that'll be, you know, long gone. But uh, I had some family come in, which was nice. And uh, I got to hang out with them and play lots of cornhole and no croquet this time. Um, but we My did. My wife was watching Heathers when I left the house. Oh, really? Today, yeah. Just, uh, just uh, apropos, apropos of nothing. nothing. I, I mentioned that this happened to come up last week uh -huh. or whatever. <laughs> you weren't kidding. It's, on, it's, it's constantly on in your house. 
<laughs> at some point, it's a it's a fair bet that Heather's will be on at my house. And Taryn had just commented, "Man, I'm gonna watch Jawbreaker now." Yeah, I saw that on <laughs> yeah. Discord. Um, was she watching Heather's at nine eleven by any chance? No, it was before <laughs> I came in. I'm kind of glad though. Now, if she pauses it and then somehow manages to fall asleep, and it's still and on, it's still on, you know, there's no way we'll be home by nine eleven. No, I will never know. That's how I was going to finish that sentence. Um, so I went to uh, aside from all that. Uh, I went to a local staple that I've always heard of, but I've never been to. I'm sure you both are very familiar with it. Maggie's Jungle Golf. Yes. Yeah, I, I never... have been one time. Yeah. I, I have also only been once, but I'm Me too. Familiar. Hey, we've all been there Melissa, one time. Melissa used to fucking live there. She loves it. The yeah. kids love it. Yeah. You don't love it? <laughs> I thought it was okay. Okay. It depends on the weather. <laughs> It depends yeah. on the weather. If it's like hot and nasty and gross outside, yeah. I don't like going to Maggie's Jungle Golf. Sure. Because no one wants to be outside Period. standing still yeah. and putting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But over Memorial Day weekend, I could see how that would be a very pleasant pleasant experience because we had beautiful weather. Yeah, it was great. It was... Um, the main thing I was impressed by was two things. The fact that it's so shaded... I've never been to like a, an outside mini golf like putt putt place that has like been completely shaded because it's just it's like they made a jungle but out of like trees you find in Kentucky. I mean, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it, it's like there's a canopy, a right? Kentuckle. A <laughs> I don't know how many how many liters of rain does it get every year? It might be a <laughs> rainforest. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then it's got a giant gorilla yep. uh, where you hit the golf ball in this tiny little uh, You have to hit it into his, his butthole. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I could not see that flying at a place no. like Maggie's Jungle Golf where I, where I heard where I heard scripture being read from the office while we're playing golf. Yeah, yeah it's a very, very Christian organization. Super, yeah, absolutely. And it's like... They're like pizza in levels of Christian... Yeah, yeah. And it's probably why yeah. it's been in Marshall County for like 30 years. Right, sure, right. sure. On a whole, too, I was like, my brain was like, yo, dog, what radio station is this? And I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard this before, but it's like... Churchy AF. <laughs> um, my my dad made the gorilla roar. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. On the second shot. Okay. So he didn't get a free game. Mm. Um, not that not that they would know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, made it in one. Yeah, I got five people vouching for me. Here's your you free did. game. <laughs> Go on, I'm listening. I'm listening we, to my we, church. We believe you. It's a <laughs> right. send a lie. God's watching you. Did you? Uh, yeah. Okay. No, no one wants to go to hell, so we believe you. And I definitely won't be masturbating later. Ooh, two free games for you, young man. <laughs> Certainly not to this gorilla. <laughs> I'm not going to be trying to make my wife make that same noise. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was it was it was yeah it was all right. Yeah, it was good. It's not like you know. I mean, it's mini golf. It's, it's not going to be exciting, but it, it's yeah. not like Billy Madison level. Yeah, exciting or yeah. Uh, Happy Gilmore level. But I'm just happy to have been there finally. Yeah, I can now I can now relate with. 
pretty much everybody. Um, and then I, um, so uh, Catchpenny Mitch, I think it was him, um, had mentioned in Discord um, this Starship Troopers game. And um, I would like to know more. Would you like to know more? Uh, I was like, you know what? I had a long weekend of just like, because it was like, it was back-to-back activities. It wasn't like, you know, strenuous or anything. It was just, there's something to do every day. Yeah. And, you know, arrangements have to be made and, you know, all that. And it's like, so, but Monday was like, all right. Your day of rest. Day of rest. Um, gorilla day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, man. Fuck it, I'm going to get this Starship Troopers game. It's like 30 bucks on Steam. If it's horrible, then it's... It, which, you know, I watched a trailer. You I was turn like, it back in. Steam's pretty cool with that. That is true. Steam is pretty cool. Um, I've done that once before. I'm trying to remember the game that I did it for. Oh, actually, it was just because... It was, um, it was Shredder's Revenge. It was the Turtles game. Mm. Because uh, for whatever reason, it wouldn't run... And I sent Steam. I sent Steam a message. I was like, "Look, I could troubleshoot this and fix it, or I could literally just buy it on Xbox right now." So I'm going to do that. And they were like, "All right, <laughs> yeah, we would too. We get it. Here you go." So I was like, "All right, thanks. That was they cool." Make, they make so much money hand over fist on this stuff anyway, so it's like, "Yeah, we're not really missing out." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, they were very cool about that. Let's look at your Steam library. Okay, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You're in this. <laughs> we see that you have yeah. 700 games of which you've played six. Yeah, right. you're good. We call you a lifer. We call you the <laughs> summer sale guy. Uh, sir, have you heard the term whale before? <laughs> uh, yeah. How about pay pig? You mean like in the story of Jonah? I've never heard pay pig before. I think you have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't buy it. Um, but uh, so uh, Starship Troopers, it's the full title of the game, which I will always refer to it as the Starship Troopers game, is Starship Troopers Extermination. And um, you play as the Federation. You go to a planet, and you've got a mission on that planet, which is usually gather resources to build a base, build the base, and then waves of bugs come. Um, is it a dirty planet? A bug planet? <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah, please, please, God, please. Uh, it's class based, so you've got um, you have uh, assault troopers with jetpacks. You have heavy troopers that have like mobile shields that they can set down, uh, and then you have a, a support unit. Uh, I can't remember what the support unit is called, but. Uh, they can essentially heal mm-hmm. and and revive uh, dead teammates. Do you have anything in orbit, like for airstrikes and stuff, or is it all ground based? It's all ground based, but they it's an early access. Mm-hmm. So they and this is like and it just came out in early access. Um, so they're talking about all the stuff that they're going to add, but I haven't really, honestly, been watching it that closely because i've just been enjoying the game for what it is so what's fun about it is it 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 is huge like the number of players there are like i think five squads that have i believe four 
members per squad. So it's like a 20 versus uh, PVE kind of deal. And um, there's chat in the game. And I will say that, wow, I was taken aback by how like, and this might be because it's just brand new and it's just some, some people checking out a new game on a property that they like, but like, that community was like zero toxicity. I'm sure that'll really? change. Mm. I'm sure that'll change. Give it enough time, right? But like, but it was like, wow. And I don't know if it's because it's PVE. I don't know if it's because mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of Starship Trooper fans having fun. I you think know. it's a group of people just doing their part because. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well done. Well played. I think you're right. But yeah, it, it was it was great. Everybody on there was nice. And like no one's yelling at each other. Um, even the only good bug is a dead bug. That's right. <laughs> I would say shit like that if I was on there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I mean, I played it for probably two hours. A mission takes about 30 minutes. I will say that um, I think it's a little too easy. Uh, that might be why everybody was so chill as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, it got hairy, but like we never like I didn't lose a mission. Um, and so I probably played four missions, but there are different difficulties. I played, I started out on rookie cause it's like, whatever I, I got to learn this game, right? Before we dump jive, dive in, couldn't decide whether I want to say jump or dive. Um, and then after that, after like two missions on rookie, I jumped into medium and, um, the hardest part is once you defend the core, the drop ship shows up. Mm -hmm. And you got to get to the dropship, and that's when they really turn on the heat. Like, there's lots of bugs, and there's lots of variety of bugs. There's tigers are in it. Uh, the bombardiers are in it. Um, the ones that shit out, like yeah, the yeah. big beetles that yeah. shit out the blue, the blue plasma. Yeah, yeah. The, the bug howitzers. Yes. yes. Um, and it's a lot of fun because, like, there is. Um, so, like, we're defending this base after we build it. That part feels very much like original Fortnite felt. I don't know if you ever played original Fortnite, mm -hmm. but like that was kind of the idea where it's okay. like you go get resources, uh, you build a fort from those resources and then waves of enemies come and you set up traps and stuff. Okay. And they've got this in, in the Starship Troopers game too, where you can have like um, electricity mines and you can have like detonators and remote detonators and stuff like that. Damn. Um, and there's progression for each class. So like as you as you complete more missions, you earn experience points, which unlocks like different guns uh, and abilities specific to that class. Sweet. Uh, yeah, it's really it's really cool. And uh, is but this only on PC right now? Right now, it's only on PC. I did check the notes because it was one of those things when I was playing it. I was like, mm, do they have plans to release this on console? Because this might be a thing that Henry would be into. Like yeah. he and I could play together. Um, because it's really, uh, it's really like a, I like these co-op games and that's, that's straight up what it is. And, um, they said that right now they're really just, they want to get it right on PC. Right. So I think they said, yeah, of course we'd love for it to be on console, but the, the focus is, the focus is PC. Okay. Um, but the drop ship, that's when like, that's when the shit hits the fan because you get the, uh, I mean, you get the the go ahead you're like leave get out get out and up till that point you can be revived and you can respawn but once the drop ship shows up 
that is off the table. Really? So it's just yeah. So then it's just a matter of whoever God. whoever gets there gets there. That's stressful as hell. I it, love it. it. Yeah, and getting there is fun because if you get there i mean the bugs they're just swarming and it's just you and like whoever survived just on like on top of the drop ship just <laughs> mowing these fuckers down because by that point you've like maybe have a rock a few guys with rocket launchers and like because you can like pick up stuff and yeah yeah it's fun i would i would say check it out i don't know if it's worth 30 bucks for everybody um but even i don't know honestly I'm pretty easy with this kind of stuff. Even if I never play it again, I feel like I got thirty dollars worth out of two hours. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's now my. Do you, can you party up, oh. or do you have to get just randomly assigned? You can party up. Yeah, you, you can party up, and then at the end they um, they rank the squads, um, which is which is kind of fun. I don't know if you get an experience bonus if right. your squads ranked higher or whatever, but um, they base it on a bunch of different things like number of kills, number of deaths. Uh, number of people revived, number of heals, like that. They, so it's like a rat. It's not really on a, they do it on an individual basis as well, but it's nice that they also lump it together for the squad. And that's the thing that matters the most. Now, is this an FPS or is it like a three quarter view Diablo style? Great or? question. I should have mentioned this. It is a first person shooter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that, that got my attention. I've played a good first person shooter in a minute. It's yeah, I would recommend it. I think it, especially with it being PVE and it's like, it's. Well, go ahead, Brooks. Well, and also with it being early access for thirty bucks, probably when the full game actually comes out, you know that could still be it could potentially be a sixty dollar game. Yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, because that's kind kind of what happened with the the Baldur's Gate three. I bought that in early access and it was like 50 bucks and now it's like i think it releases at like 70 damn games are expensive <laughs> yeah well, but uh that also it upgraded me to like one of the higher tiers just because i pre-purchased and had early access got so. in early yeah that's yep. nice hopefully they'll be yeah i mean even if there are no perks for me with this game like I said, it's it's one of those where it's like, okay, that was worth it. I'll try installing it on the Steam Deck to see how it does. That might be interesting. Um, well, but and you can check back with it every once in a while because it is early access, right? So more more stuff's going to come out with it theoretically if it sells really well. Yes, true. And I hope they develop it as well as like the Phasmophobia team has mm -hmm. like developed that game. That over was time. yeah. Because holy shit, like that game has like. Boy, they have put some resources into that. So, well, and yeah, I had played it uh, a year apart uh, for, uh, <laughs> about a couple of years ago, and then kind of got back into it with the you know during COVID, and it was like almost a completely different game. Right? Yeah, Nate and I did uh, the same thing. Uh, Gamebug Prime, Nate, and it was it was wild going back to it because it was like, what the what are we doing? You know, it's like everything is yeah nice and different, and yeah. So hopefully they'll add uh, different missions and stuff like that. So cool, cool, different cool. landscapes and stuff like that. Yeah, they've got a night mission, which is a lot of fun. Like the night mission is Ooh. rad because it's I like it's so fucking scary. Uh, you know what, man? It really wasn't, and it wasn't because I'm telling you, these guys, like the the people that I were that I was playing with. I mean, it was like people are saying. 
don't worry, I got your back. I mean, it's stuff like that. I mean, it's like straight up just like people covering each other. Not no one's out there being a hero. It's just we're we're so they're acting like the actual fucking mobile infantry. Yes. Yeah, we're all LARPing. I love it. (laughs) Starship Troopers. That's yeah, that that sounds like a fun community right there. Yeah, I hope it doesn't I hope it doesn't change because like wow, it was I mean it was great. It really was. I got when I got done, I told Nikki, I was like, I have never played an online game. And come away being like, wow, those are good like, experience. Those were yeah. good people. <laughs> and like, we're on the drop ship. And like, everybody's like, good job, guys. Good job. Good job. <laughs> and then it's like, what? Like, you got guys on like the, on the radio, like, uh, you know, got 30 seconds, get to the drop ship. You know, I mean, like, really just like looking out for everybody. And yeah. that would be a really good use of AI to just have like a bunch of really positive support. Bots. AI bots in <laughs> games. You're just, not wrong. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Keep things for being shitty and toxic. You just got very positive, supporting. Totally. Every players. once in a while, pops in. Hey guys, let's work together on this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even if they in- had the new Starbucks frappuccino. <laughs> 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 this mission brought to you by. Da 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 da. Man, I thought I was loving this. <laughs> <laughs> For a second there, I did. I thought it was. Um, but yeah, man, like even like in Final Fantasy fourteen, which I feel like is a pretty positive game, like pretty has a pretty positive community compared to a lot of other games that I've played, especially MMOs. Right. Um, it's still like pales in comparison to this. Granted, it was just a single day that I played it. I don't know. Maybe it was just a a good day. Maybe it was just a great day. It, but yeah. man, if it was, then okay. I'm glad I got in on that day. Well, I'm yeah. still in the process of trying to get my PC put together. I just haven't had time. But maybe I'll throw it on there and give it a shot. I would love to play with you. Yeah, It'd be fun because I will straight up start quoting Starship Troopers. They'll kick me out because like we don't do that here. <laughs> we don't we don't no. we don't do that here. No, I don't know. I, I, I heard some quotes. It wasn't like a Good. whole bunch, but I heard some quotes. <laughs> and it's like the the building the building part of it's really fun too, because like even if you don't know what you're doing, like me, um, you know, people are saying what they're doing. They're like, I'm double stacking walls, and like what'll happen is someone will place the item, right? They'll pull out their their tool to to build. And when they mark where they're going to build, anyone can jump in and help build it, like oh, to increase okay. the speed right. of, of it being built. So that's great because what it means is you have a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing. It's fine. They still f- are helping and feel like they're helping. You know what I mean? Because yeah. me, I was like, and I'm not going to build shit. Someone's going to play something and I'm just going to help them build it. So and it's like an Amish not, barn raising. Not, everybody just rushes together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just a, the Amish versus the bugs. <laughs> Poor bugs. What were you saying, Brooks? I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not, you're not, don't feel like you are helping. You actually are helping because it does speed up the building process. Yeah. And it's, it's nice because it's like, that's, that was a really smart design decision. Sure. Instead yeah. of having a bunch of people standing around waiting, and waiting nothing with nothing or, to do, yeah. feeling, you know, oh, anxious and maybe venting that, mm-hmm. uh, everyone gets, everyone has a job to do and, and you have to do it quickly. So, right. because time the, the is swarm, definitely, a yeah, yeah. Yes. You don't build that shit fast. This the swarms. <laughs> We're working great together, guys. I wonder if it's going to be ready, this wall or my Papa John's Papa (laughs) (laughs) Dino. I'm sorry, is that Shaq? 
Did Shaq just talk to me in this video game? Dave, when you talking about this made me think. There are more bugs here than on, on pepperonis on my shakaroni pepperoni pizza. <laughs> this make, the description you're giving of the game makes me think of Starship Troopers 2. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. It's, it's, it's more of a horror movie than the first one. Oh, okay. It basically takes place in an encampment on a bug planet, and they have to fight off the bug, and they're waiting for the dropship to come get them, and they're like trapped in this thing, and they can't get out, and you know it. It, but it's it's not a good movie, unfortunately. I think ah, it was bummer. It's either two or three. I know Casper Van Dien comes back, really for three, but I don't think he was in two. But for three, he comes back in number yeah. three, but he's not in number two. How did I not know there were? Two, at least two. I'm waiting for you to be like, and then in five. Nah, it stopped at <laughs> three. I thought there was an, like a, a CGI one after that. Uh, now that you mention it, I think you're right. I think there was. But in any case, the Starship Troopers 2 wasn't great because I think it wasn't like the first one in the sense of it didn't have that same campy feel to it. Yeah. But it was good in the sense that it was kind of a really tense horror movie. Um, but they had to reinforce the walls and fight off the bugs and wait for. I mean, it sounds like the game is actually based, based on, on that one, Starship Troopers Two. I'll check it out. Yeah, I didn't uh, know it existed. But yeah, that's that's neat. The first movie is brilliant. Great. Like the first movie is brilliant in the way that Predator is brilliant. Yep. Like where it's like. So many different audiences can take this movie so many different ways yep. that mm -hmm. it's that it's going to be it's one of those. Well, and not to get off on the Starship Troopers thing, but I will say I read the book. The book right. sucks. The book is boring and it's nothing at all like the movie. They kind of go into little descriptions about like the war with the bugs and shit and I think that's where, when they did the movie, they just grabbed onto that and said, we're going to make a movie about this part. The book, I couldn't even finish the book. It was so dull. So that's one of the rare cases where the book wasn't as good as the movie. And yeah, you're right. So many different people could enjoy it for different reasons. Lots of different takes. Mm -hmm. like, like an onion. Exactly. <laughs> Layers like an onion. Like an onion. What about you, Brooks? What have you been up to? Well, I mean, aside from my family being sick uh, several times. <laughs> several times? And, uh, yeah. So let's see. The first week, first weekend we tried to record, mm -hmm. my family was sick. Mm -hmm. uh, the second weekend where uh, we tried to do this again, uh, and Tyler said, no, we're not. We're Can, can we push back? And I was like, okay. Uh, it was fine because then my wife was sick again with something else oh, God. and my two teenagers were down too so it was like uh yeah all right well so that's not happening so did it's everybody is out. everybody okay now uh yeah my wife did have gallbladder surgery yesterday oh yikes mm. uh but it was just a laparoscopic so i mean she's feeling a lot better today moved Great. around and it, don't let her know, sneeze she got she got well rested yeah she hasn't sneezed she's pretty much stayed in our bedroom well no, she was up and about today. One of the disadvantages of having a child that is old enough to drive uh, is that he can take her places. <laughs> so when she's supposed to stay in bed, she doesn't. Ah. Uh, 
So yeah. So she's been all over the place, but I did get like uh, about six hundred dollars worth of tools for two hundred twenty-five dollars. So. Hell yeah! Yeah, hell yeah! There's yeah. that. That's nice. So yeah, uh, and then on top of that, I am playing Destiny two almost constantly and uh, waiting for Diablo four. Oh man, yeah. We've Diablo been talking. Me and Dave have been talking a lot about Diablo four. I was in the uh, two betas. Yeah. And I had so much fun with that game. Yeah, I did too. What oh. What did you? Uh, what classes did you play as? You probably did multiple. Uh, like I guess I did. I did play through all of them a little bit. Uh, mm. But the ones I got the furthest with was uh, the barbarian and the rogue. So, and I I thoroughly enjoyed the way the barbarian played. You barbarians, have, that's a pretty. That's a. That's always, I feel like, a safe bet. I love how Barbarian played in 2 and in 3. Yeah. Uh, 4 was a lot different because you had uh, weapon options. So you had, like, four different, like, three different uh, style of weapon options, really. That's rad. Like Because you had dual-wielding weapons, uh uh, one heavy bludgeoning weapon, and one heavy slashing weapon. Cool. And you just have those. So they're in your inventory, ready to be used. You just got to swap out your skills for whatever, uh, whatever you want to use. I thought that was some unique, unique play style. Yeah, that's awesome. Diablo before. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. That that is really cool. That like almost kind of goes back to like Diablo one in a way, you know? Yeah. And that's I mean, that that's appealing to me. Maybe I'll try Barbarian out when I get back into it. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely give that one, uh, each class, it doesn't feel like, um, it feels like each class has its own like quirks within their, uh, skill set. So, which is very nice because, you know, they kind of brought back, I don't want to say skill trees, but skill branches maybe. Right. Uh, yeah. And I liked how they handled that too, where it's yeah, like it, when you respec, you don't have to respec the entire tree you can you know respect just like a certain cluster right and um just the it, it's it's kind of a blend between two and three yeah in, I, the, in the way you can build craft a little bit so I, I kind of enjoyed that i only played one of the betas uh because i was concerned about playing it a second time and then being like i don't know if i'm going to want to do it a third time you know when the game actually comes out um, but I, I was listening to, uh, the Jeff Gersman podcast and like, he like put his finger on how I f- like felt about it. Like, and I didn't even realize it. And that is that Diablo four is a lot more active of a game than like Diablo three was like, even with like, um, manually taking potions as opposed to like them auto healing you, uh, like on pickup yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and I like that. I like, and it, yeah. when he said that, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I did feel like more engaged, uh, in Diablo four than I did in Diablo three. It, it felt like there was more at risk. Like whenever you decided to go attack something. Right. Yeah. To- absolutely. Yeah. Especially when it's like a, to- a big fucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and especially, uh, I liked the dungeon setups. Um, those were nice. Uh, the world felt it felt open some areas were a little bit more populated than others with monsters and stuff but it didn't feel terrible 
about that. I mean, some, you know, sometimes you just want to catch a little bit of a breather, uh, but the atmosphere of the game felt wonderful. So remind me, I I played a little bit of Diablo three with friends and I enjoyed it, but I didn't, I didn't really get it because I wasn't into Diablo one or two. And I mean, I picked up on the game and I understood, you know, what was going on for the most part, but is this one like a roguelike kind of thing or is it like more of an Ultima style where you're out just fighting monsters and then you dungeon crawl and things like that? I know it's not. I'm not saying it's like Ultima. I just mean, is it that? Is that how it, the sort of format? You can play it as a roguelike if you if you yeah. want. You can play it as a, yeah, very much a roguelike <laughs> if you play in hardcore mode, uh, which oh, which okay. is you can play with that character until they die, <coughs> and when they die, got to roll another. They're one. dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but which, that's go ahead, Brooks. Which did you see that uh, Blizzard is going to have a statue put up for the first thousand? people no i didn't see that max level for uh hardcore on hardcore Ooh, that's wow neat. that is cool i'm kind of sold i've been really giving it some thought and i think i'm gonna buy diablo 4 and play i i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it after i've got a work trip coming up mm-hmm. and it's like man every fucking time i feel like a game that i really want to play comes out like during the week of a work uh-huh. trip. And it's like, why the fuck does this always happen? Yeah. <laughs> Mine. So yeah, I'm taking my, uh, CISSP, uh, certified information. Wait a minute. Yeah. Certified information security, system security professional test, uh, next Friday. So that's a $700 test that Shoo. I've already taken three other times. Oof. <laughs> So, so when you I'm pass like, it, you'll celebrate by buying Diablo 4. Uh, that's what exactly what I told my wife. <laughs> yeah. I'm buying Diablo 4 on the on my PS5, uh, which, by the way, it has cross-play and cross-save. Oh, I didn't know so, I had a cross-save. That's, oh, that's, that's great. I, I found that out on the second beta. That's awesome. That so had, you can pick it up cross, on another cross-play so, and cross-save because I was like, my son was playing it on the PS5, my oldest, and uh, I was like, you know what? I'll go in there, play some couch co-op with him. So we was like, yeah, let's roll some new characters just to kind of get a new feel for it. And I log in with my stuff, my account, and there's my characters from my PC. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's great. I was like, that's freaking awesome right there. I was like, I almost buy this twice just for that. But I think I'm going to buy it on PS5 first and play through it with my son. Yeah, that's a good idea. And so. I love that they have. I love. I, I think they. I haven't played all of them on consoles, but like I, I've heard that they are wonderful to play on consoles with a controller. Uh, yes, uh, Diablo three was definitely uh, just about. I think almost more fun to play on console. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Sean from Experience Grind. Yeah. Uh, he uh, actually has played uh diablo 2 resurrected on his steam deck and he says it plays wonderfully there awesome yeah that's nice that's good to hear cool so but uh playing it on ps5 uh the beta it was it was great felt 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 good awesome cool so tyler what what have you been up to my man i worked memorial day so Uh, yeah so nothing you guys will do a draft yeah 
We can do a draft. Sure. sure. We recorded on. We recorded something new. New to this draft thing, but yeah. I'm down for it. Oh, it's easy. Well, I don't think we know enough about wrestlers to do wrestlers. Except that's for, fine. I'm well versed in other things as well. Okay, I was I'm about to say Brooks would be the only nerd. one who could really name twenty wrestlers. Five best wrestlers of all time. Brooks, 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 and Brooks. Leva. <laughs> yeah, you got to toss Leva in there. <laughs> it doesn't work that way for me. <laughs> Someone else could have five Levas. We could just go with athletes. Sure. Overall athletes from any sport. Okay. At any time period. Sure. All right. Anybody need notebook or no notepad? No. Okay. I have the only freestyle only note card that I ever need, which is. Ian drew pubic hair on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Very could, nice. You could sign it. That would be great. Here, hand it over. All right. I might actually put it in a little frame next to my uh, front tail Garfield. <laughs> 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 Tony sent. All right. Nice. Sweet. If you use that signature to write a bad a, 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 a check, it will bounce. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> a bad check? <laughs> yeah, it will bounce. We'll pretend Brooks is to my left, so he'll be number one, Dave two, Ian three, me four. Man, I can't tell you the last time I wrote a check. Me neither. Well, I can, actually. I had a, I had to have some work done on my heater last winter. The element went out. Or the fan that blows the air into the house for the heat side went out, and they came and fixed it. And then they were like, "Here's the bill. Just come by, and you can pay it any time, or you can mail us a check." I'm like, "Well, I'll just swing by and pay it." And they're like, "You still need to write us a check." And I'm like, "What if I bring cash?" No, we only take checks. What the hell? That's what and I was like, <laughs> "We're you mean hipsters. I can't, I we can't, only take checks. I can't check use can my bounce. debit cash card, cannot. <laughs> or I can't. I can't pay with my credit or debit. No, unless well, we do take credit cards, but we charge like a twenty five percent fee." I'm like, fuck it, I'll write you a check. So I fucking had to find my right. check. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know am, where I have my checks. I at. am damaging the environment more writing you this check. Yeah. Yeah, I have to go to the bank and be like, Nikki, could you give me a check for this amount? <laughs> well, I rolled a two. So we start with Dave. Dave, Ian, me, Brooks. Uh, I'll go with Shaq. Shaq, it's a good one. Shaq, Papa John's very own. Um, Ian turned me on to the, uh, Shaquille O'Neal pizza, uh, which I enjoy very much. Is it just big and lots of pepperoni? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's good. It's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Ian? My first pick is LA Lakers, fast play makers, kings of the court, shake and bake all takers, back to back. It's a badass fact. A claim that remains intact. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. I say you were just like, I don't know, like at some point, no. Kareem, <laughs> before my time, uh, I have to take Jordan. 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 Got to be, got to be like Mike. I will, have, I will take uh, a hometown Indiana boy, Larry Bird. Oh, there see, it is. Larry I Bird was going to be my number Bird two. Bird was going to be on my list somewhere. I've I got hung up watching just some old videos or some videos of interviews with people that have played against him. That dude was a uh, fucking machine. He was a menace. Yeah, he was ridiculous. <laughs> Hick from French Lick. Yeah. Uh, Dave, number two. Yeah. I'll go with Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Wilt the Stilt. 
because of the numbers on the board. But I say it's like twenty five thousand, something like that. I think he's claimed a thousand. I don't know about twenty five thousand. It's I like think it was a first. there was a toss up for the longest time between him and Lemmy Killmister. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I think I think Lemmy Lemmy took 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 the uh, crown on that one. That doesn't Not surprise sure me. I would I would put my money on Lemmy. Twenty thousand women in his lifetime. Damn, that is a lot. That would be two point three girls a day. <laughs> So probably bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you never know. There's, no, there's only so many hours in the day. So you could have is a that, six, you, six girl orgy to take a three day. Is rest. that a twenty four hour <laughs> period? Like, are you including rest? I think that's just what uh, the mass is. Just per day, it would have been two point three averaged out from when he claims the first one was. I don't buy it. <laughs> I'm sure the number's up there, but that's that's a lot of fucking. Like, what do you have? Time? You don't have time to do anything else. Women. Of, of different women. Of different women. Right? We're not talking about number of times. Yeah, yeah. different women. Damn. He said he came twenty thousand times. He just just dipped it in and ran. <laughs> Maybe, but if you come, it doesn't count. We all know that. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Ian, number two. The great Terry Bradshaw. I knew that was how to be coming. <laughs> He's just that good. My number two has to be the the all star of um, the bowl game, the football game, Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Bowl, Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson, Bo Jack Horseman, Bo Nose, Brooks. <sighs> Let's see. Um, hmm. Me, I'm a long time Cowboys fan, so I will have to go with Emmett Smith. I know who that is from all the various Cowboy mm-hmm. t-shirts everyone wore in elementary school. Yeah, I I mean, you and I were in school about roughly the same time. So, I mean, uh, I grew up in, you know, my heydays were in like the, uh, you know, 95. I was watching, you know, 90 in the 90s watching Dallas win all of Super Bowl, so yeah, yeah. So I've been a fan ever since. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. Here, that for the nineties, it wasn't such a good thing anymore. Yeah. So, but still, my team. I appreciate your faith, <laughs> Dave. Number Most three. Uh, I'll go with the performer of the Chaos Dunk himself, Charles Barkley. Good spitter yeah. on kids or <laughs> Charles Barkley. What's his terrible. name? The 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 brown mound of rebound. Is that his? I do like a brown mound. <laughs> you and Will. <laughs> Two point three, baby. Yeah, get, we gotta get those numbers up, man. Way remember, up. remember, doesn't count unless you come. <laughs> That was like Wilt's guardian angel. That's like stuff that he would say, like over his shoulder. Doesn't count unless you come, Wilt. Remember? <laughs> There's a picture of him and Andre the Giant holding up Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I just saw that recently. I feel like that's been making the rounds. Yeah, I love that photo. And it's 100% why I chose Wilt Chamberlain was because I saw that recently. Yeah, there was a, the photo I just saw recently again on Reddit. It's Wilt Chamberlain, Andre the Giant. And 
Arnold. And, all yeah. And Arnold is a little yeah, tiny they were, one. They were yeah. all three in Conan the Destroyer. Yes. Such a good movie. My turn? Oh, yeah. Yep. Eight-time Pro Bowler. An all-around greatest strong safety to ever play the game, as far as I'm concerned. Troy Palomalu of the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a guy. I don't expect you to know First what name I'm that's been about. mentioned yeah. that I don't that yeah, I don't say, recognize. I also do not know that one. He I was do a, know that one. I thought you were going to say Sterling Steele. football. He was the man. He could he could, Dude he could was a menace on defense. He could get it fucking done. And I mean if the ball got to him like if they fumbled or you know he picked up a interception or something dude was gone. They weren't getting him. They weren't catching him. He was gone. And he could well, Peyton Manning, he, said, he was saying that he would uh, kind of call plays around what he thought he w- Palomalo was doing. Yeah, for a fact. Because if you, you did not, if you were the other team and Troy was out on the field, you did not want him to get that ball. Because he was the guy that was just had the most energy, would just run straight ahead and go right for it. He was so fast. And it, it was like he was surprisingly fast for being a defensive player. Um, but, yeah, the guy was an all-time great. So definitely on my list. Who was the, the footballist that got catfished? It was like a Hawaiian player. Oh. Do you remember this? I remember this. Oh, he man. He got scammed I out of like remember. hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, I don't know that one. Catfished. Oh, he got he got drafted. Uh, I thought uh, around that same time. Yeah, because that's where like somebody like catfished him out of all of his initial earnings or something. Dang, Menti Tio. Yeah, yeah. I don't yes. know if I pronounced that that's right. It. Teo Tio. I had to look it up. Obviously, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody at the table knows that, but I just wanted to let the listener know that I didn't let it go. Like, I didn't just pull day. that off. Bardic knowledge. Uh, my number three will round out one of my favorite Saturday morning cartoons as a kid. So Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Because that cartoon that starred Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky fighting fighting crime together in their own little lair with all their wow. sport technology. That's crazy. I had not thought about that in a minute. That's that's a hard pull. <laughs> okay. Uh See, I'm gonna have to go a little bit old school and in baseball. Pete Rose. Pete yes. Rose. Controversial. I also controversial pick, uh, but also uh, kind of a double for me too because he also had uh, some good uh, runs in the uh, World Wrestling Federation as well. Really, some guest hosting and stuff. Wow. There was, there was uh, the current mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, Glenn Jacobs. Um, who is Kane from the WWF Flash oh, E. Yes. Undertaker's uh, brother. There was an ongoing feud between him and Pete Rose. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Started at WrestleMania 14, uh, where Pete Rose was announced doing the ring announcing duties for uh, Undertaker and Kane match. And Kane tombstones him. Wow. <laughs> okay. I, va- I so, vaguely remember that, actually, now that you mention it. Oh, well, I've got a uh, video to show you guys later um, that, you know, Kane makes a callback to his obsession with Pete Rose. (laughs) Huh. Okay. So, because it it ended up being a thing like every 
couple of years or so, they'd have him come out and in some way or another try to get a, you know get one up on Kane. Never worked <laughs> out. But Dave, number four. Uh, he was mentioned earlier. No one scooped him up yet, so I go Andre the Giant. Fair. Yeah. I mean, he, for, largest athlete in the world for the longest time. Uncle Andore. Super, yeah, Papa Andore, even. <laughs> well, and the hilarious thing is, like, most of the stuff that you got that I feel like most of you guys had seen was in his later career where he was not as mobile. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, what he yeah. couldn't even pick up um, in Princess Bride, he couldn't pick up Robin, Robin Wright. She had to be suspended right. on ropes in the scene where he catches her at the castle. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he was he was suffering from back problems, uh, and that was even prevalent when in his famous match with Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, where they just so. sort of grab each other for for twenty minutes. Yep, but they made it work. I heard a story about him, uh, Andre the Giant, um, wrestling in front of uh, Saddam Hussein. Um, have you heard this story? Uh-uh. <laughs> this is a new one for me too. Oh boy. Uh, well then I, I may- feel like I've heard them all. Well, then maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I, I heard it today and I might've misheard it. Um, there I'm listening to there's, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the podcast called behind the bastards. Um, I, they were on my radar and I, uh, I heard about them through like the laser time network podcast. And I, I subscribed, and I had been meaning to check them out, meaning to check them out. And then we all here at this table had made plans to record an episode on the WWF SNES games. And it just so happens at the time that the Behind the Bastards podcast was in the middle of a six-episode arc on uh, Vince McMahon. Oh, I love it. Uh, Ooh, yeah. So I've been listening to that, and it's six episodes, so I'm not through it yet. But, I mean, it's it's been great so far. Like, Sean Baby's on there and like as a guest host, and um, it's been a lot of fun. And they've been telling a lot of stories. And one of the stories I heard of today, um, and again, if you want that full story, go listen to the, that episode, uh, th- their show. Is this what you posted in our wrong. chat and the Discord? I posted a bunch of shit in okay. the chat on Discord, but not this. <laughs> not this, okay. So you guys might be able to help me out. There was a wrestler uh, who wrestled as the Shake, and they yeah. were saying the it was the Iron Sheik. Not the Iron Sheik. There's the Sheik. Okay, him. Who was who was the one that originally trained uh, ECW wrestler Sabu? Okay, that that is who it was. Supposedly, the story goes that he had gone to high school uh, or a school at some point with Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. Um, and Confirmed. are you fact checking me? Yep. <laughs> and uh, so Saddam Hussein wanted him to wrestle Andre the Giant uh, in Iraq. And uh, so they arranged it and they show up. And it turns out that the that the match was for the army, and oh, they're all there with guns. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Saddam calls uh, the sheik over, uh, and says uh, and pulls him in and says, "It's really important to us that you win." Uh, and he opens his coat. And inside his coat, there is a, a gold pistol. 
Uh, and he says, if he hurts you, we'll take care of him. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Andre. It's that, real. That's the story. So Wow. So, yeah. The, uh, so, Andre, like, did not do anything. Andre <laughs> killed the entire Iraq army. <laughs> he was like, he, he got a hold of the Venom symbiote. <laughs> if anybody in the world ever got the Venom symbiote, that would be a good one. <laughs> yeah. He got put on Juggernaut's helmet and the Venom symbiote. <laughs> and beat the entire rack army. And just hook Cerebro like into his spine. (laughs) (laughs) I smell crossover. (laughs) Ian, number four. The greatest skateboarder to ever walk the earth, Tony Hawk. Tony Mm. Hawk, that's a good one. Superman. That's right. Man who gets confused because people don't know that he's actually Tony Hawk. Right. <laughs> you look a lot like Tony Hawk. But he gets older. that a lot. But, but, but old. I remember when we were kids, of course, I was really into skateboarding. Mm-hmm. That was my life. Uh, and we used to rent the old Powell Peralta skate videos that came out. Uh, and it was basically just following these the kids on the Powell Peralta skate team around Southern California. It just skating. You know, they would go down the street and skate and jump shit and skate pools that they broke into and you know all this kind of stuff and it really was sort of the baseline start of skateboard culture right as we yeah. know it nikki's yeah. brothers were really into that too. yeah mm-hmm. and we used to watch these videos of powell peralta which was tony hawk's first sponsorship and there's a really 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 great documentary about tony hawk um i think it's on hbo if you have max i think you can watch it there uh, it's probably still on there is what I'm getting at. Or I can't remember if it's there or Netflix, but look it up. I, it's a it's a really interesting thing. But we used to watch these videos, and Tony Hawk was like a child when he joined this team. I mean, he was literally like 11. You have these videos of this kid skating around, and the way that they would just he would just fall down and bust his ass and then just get right back up and keep going, the persistence that this kid displayed and his whole thing of showing up and starting to win like tournaments and starting to beat far more seasoned professionals than himself and when he starts doing you know the when he gets up to the point of doing like the oh the 540 or the 1080 or the whatever right, yeah. the fuck it was that he was he set an el- a world 900. a 900 thank you uh, he set the world record for doing that and just his whole life, he has just been this fucking unbelievably gift. He was born for this. There are some people that you see, athletes especially, particularly, that you can see that they were born to do what they do. Yeah, I'm like Michael, what's his name, the swimmer? Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, yeah. Just someone who was just born Born to swim. Yeah. The Simone Biles and Mary Lou Rettens and the... These just unbelievable, and again, granted, they were obviously hit with a whip, the train, you know. But in this case, in this case, Tony's whole thing was self-motivated. He he was his own. This was his passion, and he still does it. He's older than me, and he still does this, and is just the the skill with which he executes his craft is second to none in my opinion the guy can just straight up skate 
and that's what he was born to do, and it's just apparent that he loves it. And and on top of that, on top of everything else, he never got a big head about it. He's just always been a cool, humble dude. He's kind of like the Keanu Reeves of skateboarding, you know yeah. what I mean? Just yeah. really yeah. down-to-earth and friendly. Everyone that's ever met Tony Hawk has said he was the nicest fucking guy. So... Hats off to Tony. Yeah, because I saw a TikTok where he's talking about how no one expected the skateboarding game to be such a big, yeah, big deal, and like Activision, like somebody from Activision approached him, like, "Oh, by the way, here's your royalty check." He like put it in his pocket, not thinking it'd be anything. When he got home, he's like, oh, "I guess let's hit much." It's like three million dollars. Yeah, expecting like fifty. <laughs> so. Yeah, Pro Skater was a huge deal. Yeah, that, that it was. A, that was a big, big, big deal. Yes, it was. Still is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people they just re-released it. Right. Um, and you know, it wasn't for me. I didn't care much for those games, but Gage was really into them. I loved them. He got them again and played yeah. them. So I got into them all the way to uh, Tony Hawk Underground yeah. Two. Uh, my number four. I'm gonna follow Dave's lead. My absolute number one favorite wrestler of all time, Mick Foley. How the fuck, dude? You took my number five. Damn. Sorry, man. Go for it, though. Man, tell us about Mick Foley. Mankind. Always, always. Like, my all the wrestling games we're going to talk about are a little bit before my time because I only was really into wrestling during the Attitude Era. That was when I enjoyed wrestling the most. And the first, like, huge novel I ever read was Mick Foley's first autobiography that Have a Nice Day with the, uh, the smiley face on the cover, like... I've always enjoyed he's such a very different kind of wrestler than everybody else you see. It pissed me off to no end when I was watching an interview where Hulk Hogan is just talking so much shit about him. Yeah. Just saying, you know, how fat he is and shit like that. And then Mick Foley's just like he never wrestled me. If he wrestled me, he would probably know like I'm surprisingly athletic well, and uh, I actually do shit. And Hulk Hogan Rick just Flair likes was to look the pretty. same way for a little bit. And True. then they actually wrestled. Yeah. And now they both have had the utmost respect for each other afterwards. Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, all of his personas. Just, he was an unbelievable wrestler. I mean, that dude would do the craziest shit. I think I may have mentioned at one point on this show, one of the best like WrestleManias I ever saw, it was a cage match. And of course, if if, if Mankind is involved... Or Mick Foley, depending on who he is in this one. Uh-huh. If he's involved, they're getting on top of the fucking cage, right? Yeah, the hell, so the, the hell in a cell. The hell in a cell. Yeah. And then they get on top of the cage, and they're wrestling, and he gets thrown off the fucking thing onto the floor, onto the table. He gets back up. At one point, he, like, spreads a bunch of thumbtacks all over uh-huh. the fucking mat, and then, well, like, slams... Yeah. He gets. He was gonna like knock some slam body slam someone through the cage and into the thumbtack, and it ended up turning around. And he ended up going into the and falling on the thumbtack. I mean, it was so, nuts. This guy. Yeah. So the going through the cage on the Hell in a Cell where he wrestled the Undertaker yeah, was God. not planned. <laughs> yeah, that was not a part of the plan. You're right. So part of part of it. Uh, wrestler terry funk was in the ring just checking to make sure that he was still alive yes yes so because yeah he was out and he doesn't he didn't remember the match and for the longest time until about 
uh, last year, I think he had never watched that match back. I I get it. And I, I had forgotten a lot of those details. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you clarified that because yes, I had forgotten that whole thing was versus the undertaker. And that was the first one. The first one where he gets thrown off onto the table, totally planned. Yeah. Yeah. And that and shit Taker looks didn't like want it to do hurts. it. He's like, "Are you sure? Do it. I don't really want to do this. Man. Yeah, just yeah. do it." No, man, didn't Taker he like just... do a grave digger on him and then drop him off the cage into the table or something like that? Wasn't yeah, he that... just like grabbed him by the by the scruff of the neck yeah. and the back of the pants and just chucked him. And it, that's that's what it that's what it was. And Taker's like, "I really didn't feel comfortable with that one, but <laughs> he wanted me to do it." That's Tyler. Up that's, there. that's why I had that as my yeah, number five. Yeah. That dude was far and away or one of the his greatest. early stuff as Cactus Jack in Japan. Yeah, during like the super like crazy fucking hardcore yeah. shit. The like we'll turn your stomach. Where he actually did wrestle Mick or wrestle Terry Funk. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's one uh, like uh, the Insane Cloud Posse picked that one up and did like their own commentary over that that particular match as well mm. so but yeah. yeah it was like barbed wire landmine I mean, you see, he's just covered he looks it's like he's passion of the christ he's just covered him yeah blood. and dude yeah. could take it and what's oh. fun fact um mick foley my uh father-in-law my wife's mom's husband uh it is exact looks exactly like mick foley. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> they are they are doppelgangers of one another also, like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Yeah, apparently, super yep. cool. Yep. I've heard that same thing. Also, Indiana native. Really? Nice. Wow. Yeah, he was actually born in Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> wow. Y'all then cool. he moved to uh, like Long Island. Hmm. Y'all, you all produce a bunch of corn-fed super athletes out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we do that every once in a while. Brooks, your number four. Number four, uh, continuing with the wrestling train, but on two different levels, I'm going to go with the 1996 gold medalist who won a gold medalist medal in wrestling with a broken freaking neck, Mm. Kurt Angle. Mm, Yeah. Kurt Angle. Uh Who is also quite possibly the best amateur wrestler turned professional wrestler ever. Oh yeah, the dude adapted to the ring, to the theatrics, so quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I I've never the only person I've seen that could even match up to it now would be Brock Lesnar, and yeah. he matched up even even more in ways because he actually did UFC and was successful in that. Wow! And Kurt was such a good heel. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Oh my you god! Can't he can't help but hate him. Like. It was, he was so good. And there's just like hilarious things too, where he, him and him and Steve Austin had good chemistry. Hmm. Him and Undertaker had good chemistry. He had just about good chemistry with everybody he was in the ring with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but also because I was an amateur wrestler myself, as well as professional wrestling, uh, you know, dude was a legitimate legitimate shooter oh yeah <laughs> so give the medals to prove mean, it yeah so it was he was he was awesome i always liked angle yep 
Dave, number five. Uh, Jesse Owens. Go pull. Go because pull. fuck Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first on Tadpog. It's an unpopular, uh, but I'll, it's a it's brave of me to say this, but fuck Hitler. I've, ne- I've never heard it on Experience Grind, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ian, number five. Well, this isn't this isn't was an alternate for me because I had no clue you were going to take mankind. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, this goes from me not necessarily caring so much about the guy in in doing it as the guy himself as to what he's capable of doing his sport, and that would be Michael Phelps. I don't care about Michael Phelps as a person or his depression or his pot smoking or whatever the fuck. I don't care what he does, but watching that motherfucker swim is a treat. He is yet yet another one of those people that we mentioned was born to do what they do. Uh, the guy, you know, wa- I love to watch the Olympics, and when the swimming comes on, we really get into that. Well, and I don't oh, follow good. it normally, yeah. but we really get into the swimming events. And when he was competing, and just it is, it is something else to watch that guy straight fucking dominate. Mm-hmm. I am He's really glad that you didn't say Chris Benoit. <laughs> 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 I thought about either Steve Austin or The Rock. But I wanted to kind of not do wrestling right now because we'd already covered so much of it, and we're getting ready to talk about it some more. But, yeah, anyway, Michael Phelps. Uh, My number five will be my personal favorite basketball player of all time, John Stockton. Okay. Love John Stockton just because he's, you know, the short guy, the three-player, the defensive player. People will talk about how, you know, they're all on the team bus – Rally, you know, rallied, and all of a sudden they see John Stockton pull up with five kids in a minivan, you know, in in his Mormon wear, gets out, suits up, and just beats your fucking ass, and then gets back in his minivan and drives home <laughs> <laughs> to pray. To pray, <laughs> Brooks, number five. Number five, uh, we'll go with another combat sport, Mike Tyson. Oh damn, man! I think about that. Believe I didn't think of Mike Tyson. That's another example of someone doing what they were born to do. Aside from you know his his personal issues, right? uh, Aside, uh, the dude was just dominant. He was a beast. He was truly an unbelievable gift. Unbelievably gifted boxer. Uh, I've watched uh, some videos of him, you know, touching up and training a little bit more. And it's like, no, there is no amount of money in the world that would that you could pay me to get in the ring with that man. No. How about one punch? Uh, well, doesn't uh, he, no. Does he have the record it, for like the hardest knockout punch? He, he I don't he know did for the longest uh, he, time. I think I don't. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. But how much would it? How much would it take? I couldn't do it because <laughs> I, I I'd, I'd have to have lots of protective in the face. gear on. No gear oh, in the no, face. Not happening. No <laughs> with, with a glove, not bare not, fist. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you put a brick in the glove, it's still going to hurt a lot when you get hit <laughs> just at 100 one miles just an hour. Just one bunch. Because what? <laughs> that was the story about in... Like on in, The Hangover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, in Rocky Three, where Stallone wanted to know, so he told um, the actor who plays Ivan Drago. Oh, in Rocky uh, Four. Rocky Four. Dolph, Lundgren. Was, uh, Dolph, Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. To hit him for real. 
and they'd box for real. And Dolph hit him once in the chest, and he had to be taken to the ICU because yeah, it damaged like uh, the pericardial yeah, sac yeah. in his wow. chest. Wow. Yeah. A, a wound Lundgren, normally. Lundgren's an actual martial, martial yeah. artist. So. Yeah. And he's a, fu- especially in Rocky yeah. Four, he was a beast of a man. The hospital saw yeah. injuries like that most of the time with car wrecks. Right. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Dolph could straight hurt somebody. So probably a lot. And, and he can lot. educate you yeah. while he's doing it. Yes. In, what what he, is he? He I can't uh, remember chemist? what Yeah, he's like a chemist, yes. It's crazy. So good draft. Yeah. Very good yeah. draft. Any, any honorable mentions we forgot? Brian Boitano. What would yeah. Brian Boitano do? Yeah. Love that. Loved it. Um Ozzy Smith. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds. Yeah. Oh, um, Ken Griffey Jr. King Griffey. Ken Griffey Jr. Who's the, who's the one from around here? Um, Not from around here. Walter Payton. Walter Payton. One of the greatest players to ever walk the field. The, the, the baseball player. Um, it was good. Played for the Twins. Steve Perry. Steve Perry. <laughs> if you hadn't said Perry, I might have gotten there. Perry. I can't remember. We have the internet. He. Oh, it, his father was my chemistry teacher. I, I sold. Um, oh God! One of the, I sold one of the old switches to like his granddaughter. Um, My chemistry teacher's last name was Blackman. Does that help you? <laughs> Terry Shumpert. Well, that's not who I was thinking of. There was another guy that actually went to Tillman, who went into the pros for a bit, and his name was like Steve, something or other. I can't I can't remember now. But yeah. We gonna take a break for a little bit and get back to the game talk. Sure, sure, sure. All right. Uh, enjoy this probably copyright protected material uh, to transition you into our next segment. You are the problem, and I am the solution. And now the game talk. Game, game talk, talk, which was so game so talk. the segment was so smoothly transitioned in by our very own Brooks's entrance music to for his wrestling career. Yes, uh, created by current uh, all elite wrestling talent uh, Mikey Ruckus before he got big. And so. We, we haven't yet heard it because as I went to play it, it was going to come through our headphones at full volume. <laughs> and, and I thought maybe deafen everybody. It. Yeah. So, okay. That's very cool. Thank so, you for sharing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. I'm always, I always struggle to find good transition material, and this was, this made it easy. Now, well, intro music. It makes music. it easy because there's also no copyright because I own it. <laughs> <laughs> The intro music. Are you some kind of wrestler, Brooks? I did do professional wrestling uh, 
independently for 10 years. That is a, I no, feel like that's a long time yeah. to be mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, it is, especially, you know, when that 10 years pretty much pretty well consisted of my late twenties into my, essentially my late thirties. Wow. So I started in late, uh, and then of course, you know, obviously didn't have as long of a career as I could have had if I had started younger, but Say la vie. So, what were some of the? Did you? What were some of the famous wrestlers that you got to meet in person in your journeys? Uh, so I got to meet an older Memphis wrestler, uh, and actually got to wrestle him too. Uh, superstar Bill Dundee. Okay, I know the name. Uh, he was he was famous for wrestling a lot with uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Mm-hmm. Um, some other people I've met. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan nice. I shared a locker room with um, I bet Hacksaw Jim Duggan was cool he was pretty awesome um, there's so there's kind of a stigma and uh, as a wrestler if you're meeting up with you know people that you pretty much grew up watching that hey don't take your don't take your picture don't be a don't be a mark right with these guys but I didn't care First of all, uh, <laughs> second of all, they don't either typically. So really, uh, uh, yeah, as long as, you know, one of the things I like to do is I like to listen to these guys. I get advice, sure. I listen to their stories. I'm like, dude, listen, I grew up watching you. Can we get, can we get a picture? You know, so I, you know, easily remember this, like, you know, just like easy, you know, it's a highlight. Right. And so, you know, that's what I did. You know, I respected the time that they gave me uh, and then these guys, one of the things they want to do is they want to pass on what they, what they've learned. Right. Okay. You know, so, and that's what I like to do. I like to listen to these guys. Like some of my favorite podcasts are just straight up like wrestling stories, you know? Right. Uh, it doesn't even have to be about like, uh, you know, actual match and stuff. It's just like even road stories. Um, Colt Cabana has a pod had a podcast where he talked about some road stories. Uh, he has a call in only podcast where people talk about wrestlers that they've met and their wrestling stories. Mm. So, and some of the newer wrestlers call into these shows as well. So, all right. Um, what, what got you into it? I mean, if you started at a later age, like what was your transition point? What was like, oh, I'm going to do this now. Um, Basically, so I went about it, it kind of the wrong way, so to speak. Uh, so I had a guy, he, and it was basically backyard for a little bit, but I was into the actual wrestling part of things that I was trying to learn, you know, past what these guys wanted to do. You mean like the business or like? Like the, the, the art, the psychology, the psychology and the art of a wrestling match. Okay. Um, the art of telling the story in the ring. Right. Okay. Um, so I always, I always, I always cared for how I never cared as much about having titles or stuff or stuff as long as, and it didn't happen until later on that I got into some actual stories with my matches. And so, uh, that was part of what, 
got me into that. I mean, it's a giant. It's a male soap opera. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, and that was that was kind of thing. I liked telling a story. Um, me being one of the bigger guys, I get to work a lot of the smaller guys. So I get to throw them around a little bit. But <laughs> I also, I make my, I'm al- I was always the bad guy. But I got to make them look, you know, really good. Really, you know, believable comebacks and stuff like that. You were Mick Foley. Put in some interesting matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big bully. Uh, I was a baby face for like maybe a few matches. Not very often. (laughs) Do you have a gimmick of any sort? Or a finishing uh, move? I had, I've had several finishing moves uh, just due to the fact of people you know, that had been around longer, me showing up, they had their moves established. So I had to come up with something new occasionally. Okay. But I had, um, I will tell you one cool thing. Uh, and since most of you guys are attitude era, uh, wrestling fans would know, know the guy I'm getting ready to talk about. So one of the finishing moves that I took up, uh, and was actually pretty good with, um, was a, Basically, it was a sit-out spine buster. Okay. In the WWF, a wrestler by the name of D'Lo Brown used it. Mm-hmm. Called the D'Lo Sky Brown. High. Yes. I've also had the privilege of meeting D'Lo Brown. Nice. Uh, later on. And I was like, hey, listen. I was like, because I was like, I, I, was, I met him. Uh, I was going to be wrestling at a show that he was going to be in. So I was like, listen. Uh, I'm not going to use it tonight because you're here. I was like, but everywhere else I go, I use the sky high as my finish. And because I, my wrestling name was called uh, fixer. I always called it the F bomb. <laughs> so, God, I love it. So, yeah. So I, I told him that he was like, Hey, you know what? And I was like, Hey, if it's all right with you, I would like to continue using that move, but with your permission. And if you want to show me any tricks to it, I'd be more than happy to learn. And he was like, that is quite possibly the most respectful thing. I think anybody's ever asked of me. And he was like, tell you what, tomorrow we'll take some time. I'll show you how to do the move. And by God, he did. That's awesome. That's cool. He gave, he gave me the move. And it was like highlight of my life. And I've got like a picture of me and him doing the, uh, uh, Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, <laughs> uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah, handshake. Well, you know? Been pushing too many pencils. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I got a picture of him with that. I talked to him for like hours. Nice. Uh, we, we bought each other drinks. It was a, it was a good time. We would have also accepted over the top as an appropriate reference for that. <laughs> so yeah. explain your explain your move. Explain the f bomb. What does that entail? So typically I like to set it up by grabbing my opponent and whipping him into the ropes. Okay. Uh, picking him up with my hands underneath his armpits, picking him straight up, turning, and then setting him, basically slamming him down on his back and me sitting out in a already pinning combination. Sweet. So. That so, sounds hard I to love, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so it requires, uh, you know, you've got to be kind of 
kind of naturally strong to pull it off. Anyway. <laughs> I bet. Especially um, considering who you're, you know, generally your opponent. Right. Yeah, what, what's the biggest opponent you've pulled that off on? Uh, biggest opponent I've pulled that off on um, was someone who was about 285 pounds. Good Damn. lord, man. Running um, at you. But at, he is not the, the biggest ropes. opponent I have picked up. Uh, the biggest opponent I picked up was a legitimate 450 pounder. Good lord. And I actually had to. So. That didn't compress your spine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, I picked this guy, I body slammed. So just like the old Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant Ooh. style. So you were uh, able to was, use that. Were you able to use the momentum? Or? No, he started uh, dead. What happened? Jesus. And this is the uh, this is the other thing too, <laughs> is that with wrestling you do work in concert with your opponent. Right. Sure. It's to, like choreography. It's a it's a safety thing. Unless sure, you're unless sure. you're Bill Goldberg, but yes. Yes. Right. Um, but. This guy uh, could not, for whatever reason, uh, post up for me for the for the body slam. And I was like, a, you know, I can't remember if I was a baby face at that time. And he was the heel, which would have made the most sense because I was like the big, big, strong baby face. He was the big, even bigger heel, you know. And uh, so I would go to pick him up and he did not post up for me. And that pissed me off. Uh, pissed off Brooks gets Hulk strength. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so I was like, uh, fuck this. And I just muscled him up and slammed him down. Nice. And I was not gentle on the slam down uh, because it's like, dude, you're making me, you're making us look bad. So this it's was during a match, right? This was during a match. So people were watching this. Exactly. Mm. So they completely forgot the fact that I had a little bit of trouble picking him up. So, cause I, you know, then got that second wind and just slammed him. But, <laughs> Damn. Oh my God, that sucked. Well, well, <laughs> how did he act after the match? He was like, man, I'm sorry. I, I was, I was winded. Cause we did go a while. And with bigger guys like that, you can't, mm. they can't go as long sometimes. I mean, I'm in my, in my wrestling, I guess prime, I was in the upwards of two ninety and between two ninety and uh, three fifteen. Uh, but the difference is that I could still go a long way. You had more endurance, more stamina, right? And that was just, and that was for me, wrestling in high school all the time. So. So how much of like when you were competing and let's say you were going to do a move, you know, and, and let's say it just didn't go the way you planned, the choreography didn't work out or someone did something wrong or like what you said, you know, do you, if something were to go wrong and you weren't able to Hulk strength and body slam and it was obviously a mistake, is that sort of planned for at all in this sort of scripting of the whole thing where you kind of got to play it off like, I oh, you, I made a mistake. Oh, kind it's, of thing. It's the same thing with um it's a who's line situation. You ad lib your way out of it. Okay. Uh and so I very rarely I called maybe a few spots in the back. But everything else I was going to do I said just follow my lead, listen to me. Mm -hmm. Um 
in old school wrestling, uh, the heel leads the match. Okay. So that the so this is so that the the good guy or the baby face can come back and be victorious, right? Right. So I, you know, beat them down. I give them, you know, the chance to fight back a little bit, cut them off, beat them down some more, build, and they start building back up to something even bigger. Get to the, you know, it can be pretty formulaic. So if you have a formula that works, you can just change like little bits in it. Okay. That makes sense. It'll it'll be fine. And it works, you know, 90% of the time, it works all the time. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you still have those every once in a while. Uh, and plus, I have guys that they feel more comfortable calling everything in the back. Okay. That's that's fine. Not typically the way I like I like to do things. I like to feel out the crowd and uh, go that way. But I also, I do understand the whole you know, calling out some bigger spots and getting some stuff in there. And I've, I've set up stuff like that and then we just build. So, okay. It's fun. So what's the, um, you talking about this just made me think, what's the relationship with the wrestlers in the ring and the announcer? Because I feel like, or what I've heard, I, I don't honestly have a lot of experience with wrestling, but what I've heard is that like the announcer's job is essentially to cover for the wrestlers in the ring. Like if, if things get kind of, um, fucked up, I guess, you know what I mean? Like to kind of like maybe draw attention away from something that might've gone wrong sort of or, like and, like, and to emphasize the a, things that like have really yeah. gone right. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty much spot on. I mean, it's everybody's working together. No one wants to be out there. Like if you're talking about like, uh, you know, your Jim Ross's and Jerry, the King Lawler's, you know, right. Talking, talking about you're all part of the same team. Right. You know, you don't want to be out there calling, you know, anything bad, but it's a live it's a live show. And I don't think I Shit think goes wrong, especially sure. like in that, in that era, Jerry, the King, I think got, didn't get as much respect as he deserved because he was the master of distraction. And y'all bringing him up really makes me regret not having any Kaufman in my draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I tell you the, that Andy Kaufman, that brings me up to a gimmick that I wanted to do, but then my, uh, I, had my neck injury. Um, so I'm not sure if you guys recall, uh, me having an issue with, um, my birth certificate a few years back. <laughs> yeah. I remember you telling me this story. Okay. I don't think Ian has heard this one and I'm not sure about Tyler. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know this. Okay. So a few years back, um, I work in an industry where I have to, um, I can't really talk about the things I do, <laughs> right? but it involves cybersecurity for certain things. Um, so I have to, I had an instance incident where I had to basically prove who I was. Uh, and I was in, in the middle of a move. So my birth certificate was in storage. I was like, man, I don't want to go digging through that. I'll just fork over the 20 bucks to get a birth certificate from my health department. I go, I get the birth certificate. I go out to the car and I look at it and I was like, wait a minute. 
Name, right. Birth date, right. Parents, right. Sex, female. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, okay, boy. so I go back in. I was like, hey, um, I think this came out wrong. And I showed her and uh, she looked at it and like, okay, okay. Wait, what? And so she goes into the computer system. He's like, huh, computer sister says you're female. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'll tell you what. We'll go to the original birth record. We'll go to the bathroom. That, that is, <laughs> yeah, I wish it was that easy. Uh, but they had the original handwritten birth record from when I was born at my local hospital. And they looked at that. Name, doctor that was there when I was born. Uh, parents and sex, female. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> so it's like, well, this is not a problem if it didn't get to the state health department. If it got there, uh, we there you'll have to go through the court to get this fixed. I was like, okay. So she calls the state health department. Yeah, guess what? It was female there too. So basically. I go back out to my car. I sit there for a minute. I'm like, all right, let's get this over with. So I call my dad. I was like, hey, pop, uh, is there anything you want to tell me about the day I was born? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> like, they had feel, one spare. I feel like I was, <laughs> I was male all the time, but uh, you never know. So he's like, uh, no, why? And I was like, well, my birth certificate says I'm female. Cue five minutes of him laughing his ass off. <laughs> right. Naturally. As I would totally expect my dad to do. He's like, man, they really fucked that one up, didn't they? I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, they had a 50-50 shot of getting it right. <laughs> well, so what, it, what I Your expect dick happened is, is around the time I was it? born in the town, in the town I live in is there were several other uh, brooks, either brooks, plural, brook with an E or brook without the E or the S. Several of those were born around the time I was born. All girls. So they just like, yeah, brooks, girl, we'll go with Doctor that. Doctor just on autopilot. Just I'm used to yeah, doing this. Yeah, pretty much. Mark we're going to fund them all. At we're going to respect, sort of respect it this was, baby's privacy. We're not going <laughs> to yeah. double check anything. Well, we'll just assume and it was. And Tyler, you work in a hospital, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a hospital that was still working on paper and everything. So it's, <clears throat> they, yeah, they were just handwriting. It was some, some nurse on autopilot. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't fault them. They have to handwrite that shit. So uh, what was the court process like? Uh, the court process was actually interesting because did you have to I show a judge? Was, dick <laughs> I, I was like, Hey, I've got exhibit D here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's a rough photocopy. However, <laughs> the first, so we had, because this, this will give you an idea of how, sketchy my town is they every tuesdays and thursdays and the, uh they have it was gender a free, day. Co free consultation <laughs> for uh with a attorney okay so i went to one of those yeah that's nice yeah I that is a cool program. his mind 
<laughs> this problem. He was like, well, so what he said, and thank God I didn't go with this. He's like, well, I think since you aren't actually changing your sex, you're just correcting that you actually have to publish your intent to change that in the local in the paper. Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks. Lionel Hutz. For four weeks. <laughs> for four weeks. Oh, yeah. My God. Four weeks has to, that has to <clears throat> run. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, that, that I was like, I live like... in Southern Indiana. I was like, do you know what this would do? Oh my God. Like, yeah. I was like, there ain't no way I'm publishing this. So <laughs> at your expense, uh, no, no less. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I was like, I don't care. You know, they think I'm, I'm from uh, the local college town, you know, that's, you know, all blue in a red state. Right. Right. And I was like, oh boy. So I had to deal with that. Thankfully, uh, due to our um, LGBTQT, I think I said that right. LGBTQIA+. There we go. Mm. Yes. Um, someone had actually collected all the paperwork for Indiana to get that stuff filed. And so I just like did that with that, with that, uh, talked to a court clerk and was able to get it changed relatively painlessly. That's awesome. That is a damn thing. <laughs> Actually That's really great, great yeah. because you were able yeah. to, you know, it's great that those who want to change their gender can, right. But those who need to change their gender <laughs> also can yeah. use that right. uh, to their advantage. Yeah, no, so that's it, great. it worked out for me. Uh, didn't have to pay any, any fees or anything. Nice. So that was, they had all that paperwork also. And I was like, sweet. So that worked out. Cool. Now that story is all because, all because of me wanting to, I didn't, I had this gimmick idea shortly before I retired. Um, and this was going to set up with wrestling with um, some of the prominent females in the industry. Mm. Back to Is Andy Kaufman. I would, <laughs> I would wrestle as I would win a promotions women's championship because I had a birth certificate in the state of Indiana right. that said I was a female. <laughs> and I wanted to run with that gimmick for like man, the longest time. Man, and get some of the like, shit. there's, some pretty uh, legitimate uh, women that would actually it would be somewhat believable to not win against <laughs> right them. well right. and and yeah for me to not win <laughs> right and you know even if even even some of the smaller ones if done right would have been would have been great um, and but I've never gotten the chance to to run that one. So, I like that a lot. Well, that, that is a, that is funny as hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, we're today. We haven't. I don't know. I can't remember if we mentioned this or not. But we are talking about. Yeah, Tyler, you mentioned we're talking about the LJN WWF games. Speaking of funny, on the Super Nintendo, <laughs> yes, right? Did you play the, these when you were were a kid? I know. I'd like to hear from everybody whether they did or not. But Brooks, I'm, I, I know you said you, you probably came into it a little bit later. But I'm but I'm curious. I I owned I owned all three of these games. I knew you owned one of them at least. Did <laughs> you end up with? So the ones that didn't end up in my collection later on, uh, I think one of my brothers might have sold 
you know, out of the where the WWF Raw and Super WrestleMania. That happens. So and I think you ended up with Royal Rumble. That sounds right. Yeah, because I have Royal Rumble and I think I have the arcade game as well. WrestleMania, right. the arcade game. Ah, Pit Fighter, WWF Pit Fighter. We'll get to that <laughs> on another episode. Yeah. But don't take my yeah. word for it. <laughs> But yes, I, I um, missed this whole generation. Yeah, of wrestling games. This, I mean, my cousins would play the NES the, one. Yeah, this is about the generation I started res- watching wrestling. I remember seeing this game over at my cousin's house. Like this, I, well, one of the three. I'm not sure which one it was because I didn't watch a lot of wrestling. Um, I remember. I don't know. <sighs> I'm trying to remember. I wanted to play it with him, but it was like um, we had to go or something. And my mom, so like I never got to play it with him, but it it looked really interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've always kind of been into into fighting games and like um, I know that wrestling games are a little bit different, but they're they're in that same vein. Well, it's almost it's almost like a side scrolling beat 'em up without the side scrolling part, right? Yeah, and um, and obviously more moves and things, right? Yeah, and timers and stuff. Yeah, and I think that's where it kind of <laughs> like gets more like more like a fighting game. I, and I think I remember I remember seeing him play it and not knowing who any of the people in the game were, but thinking, "Wow, this is like." in depth like mm-hmm. you know like it wasn't i guess i wasn't used to seeing games that like this was a game that already had its lore like long mm-hmm. before the game existed Absolutely. you know what i mean and it's like even in like movie games that wasn't necessarily there all the time because a lot of times it was just well here's uh you know here's a movie let's slap it on some anything you know and not really take care of mm-hmm. how it's treated what's that ray Liotta, ray Liotta movie game we played uh, it was kind of like that was uh, it man no uh, 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 <laughs> i can't remember fuck <sighs> but no i know operation I, dumbo drop <laughs> man i wish this is a pilot wing sequel on the snes but that was very much one of those or it's like this movie thing on this game that no escape, no escape. No escape. That's it. I don't know. I kind of felt like no escape. They did a good job of like, how do we, I, I don't think it was a fun game, but, I, but I do think they did a good job of like Trying adapting the movie. I think Jurassic park is a really good one. Uh, Cause there are so many like Jurassic park on the game gear. I loved that game, but I mean, it's like, there's a scene where the explorer is driving from left to right and dinosaurs are literally falling from the sky and you're <laughs> shooting. Like they're just not, ter- right. not pterodactyls. They're like dinosaurs <laughs> and it's like they're falling from the sky. Like that's kind of like the level I, I was referring to. But it's like I I got the impression from these games that there was a lot of love put into it the same way that uh brunswick world championship where sure. it's you know what i mean where yeah, it's they like wanted it to be for the fans for the of fans. wrestling right and there was a lot of them you know sure. there was a big audience to appeal to so that i think they had big shoes to fill here i think they really needed it to have the bells and whistles and polish here and there that makes that a thing and not make it some generic off-brand 
thing with a with the WWF logo on it, right? Because the fans had expectations, and and I think it lived up to that on all three counts. Despite I mean any flaws there might have been, I think there was some. I think there was some real love put into these, like you say. I, I mean, one of the things that came out of it was like, uh, you know, they included the. 16-bit versions of everybody's entrance music. Yes, which I thought was a fantastic addition there because that's a big deal. When you when you have those little touches in there, it makes it feel more familiar. It makes it feel that's the we talked about, you know, Brooks's intro music that we use for our transition right. and it, it it that's the thing that sort of gets you in the mood for that particular wrestler. It introduces it's part of it, them. It's right? part of their yeah. it's part it's, of their um whole persona. Yep. And yeah, I mean that's it it's who they are. Yeah. I I know we'll get to like bad thing good things and bad things. Right. But I but I do want to say because you mentioned the intro music, um it I could tell that the SNES was not it was limiting what the the game they wanted to make because like yes. even going through and choosing the characters and when it would play their uh their music there in the background there was and, a loading yeah, time yeah, and it was like sure. God, this is just a little little too they long stretched it just a little mm-hmm. bit farther than and and again it was either do that or leave it out right no, way no they, they made the right decision yeah. yeah they made the right decision putting it in i think cuz i mean like you were saying i mean this is you this is I mean, this is fan service. I mean, yes. it really is. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's, not at all. But it, if this is for the fans, then it needs to be for, be the, for fans. the fucking fans. Absolutely, it does. And, and yeah, there were, um, I also noticed another like thing where it's like, oh man, this is like really pushing the SNES to its limits, is how choppy it is. Uh, yeah. Like when yeah. you're like, when you're wrestling, it's very, like the frame rate it's is hinky. Is, yeah, it, it, it is. Especially, hinky is a especially when you have more than the, you know, three, you know, four wrestlers on, on the screen. Right. Yes. Absolutely. They're taxing they, that system they, hard. They tried to do mm-hmm. a lot. And it's like WWF Raw was multi tap capable too. So, I mean, it's like, yep. so it was. So you got a real Royal Rumble possible yeah. with multiple yeah. individual players. Up to six players that's I think, crazy because that's, that's how many wrestles you could have in the ring at the time at well the time. and i'm like tyler you know i kind of miss these as well i didn't really so i have been watching wrestling in some form or fashion since the late 70s my mom's dad my papa bob he was into he called it wrestling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was i've talked about him before he was the most straight laced he was the guy that works at IBM with the thick black glasses and the pocket protector with the 1950s slick in the short sleeve button down shirt. I mean, this guy was the Crispin Glover stereotype from Crispin Glover <laughs> from Back to the Future in the 50s and Back to uh-huh. the Future, right? And but he loved his wrestling, and it was the only time I ever saw him stay up past 9 p.m. And he would go and make himself a cup of Sanka. And then he would get it and sit in there, and we would watch wrestling together. What is Senka? It's decaf coffee oh. from the 70s. Oh, okay. It was real popular then. I don't think they make it anymore. <laughs> but it was kind of like if you, it was either – no, like if you go to the restaurants in the late 70s and early 80s, it was uh, water, soda, or Senka. You're welcome. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was a real popular joke in Papa Bob's house, as a matter of hey, fact. Hey, all right. Because Mama K would bring in the Sanka, and she'd say, here's your Sanka. You're welcome. <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest fucking thing. But we would watch I this. I agree. And this was, like when, this was when wrestling was like still... It was not really national. There was a lot of public access TV wrestling, you know, with these guys that they never Still had. the territory days. Yeah, exactly. They had the territories for wrestling, and he would watch, and all the guys dressed in the, they didn't have costumes, and they didn't have gimmicks. They just got up there and fucking beat the shit out of each other. Uh, they'd all be wearing a Speedo, and, mm -hmm. you know. And then, then it started to, I started to just sort of not pay attention to it, then came my early teen years, me and my friend John, not John Turley, the other John, who was the drummer in my band, <clears throat> we would watch on Saturday night, the wrestling would come on after Saturday Night Live, and it was like the Hulk Hogan and the early days of like sort of the real WWF when that yeah. was starting to really take off. Sure. So we got that was huge. Saturday was night main event. Saturday night main event. Thank you, Brooks, because I could not remember the name of it. Every single Saturday night without fail, he was at my house or I was at his house and we were staying up late to watch wrestling. And so I got into it that and then it kind of faded away again. And then came the attitude era, the uh, the raw, the it was starting to really become like this mega thing where they're packing stadiums with 70, 80,000 people and Degeneration X and The Rock mm -hmm. and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Undertaker and Kane. And that was like my last sort of go around with wrestling. We'd have someone over every single Thursday night. We would have friends over. We would watch it. We would super get into you know, my it. My friends, I would split the pay per view. All throw in five bucks. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Every every time there was a pay per view, we would have. I always had the bigger house of everyone, and so got we, my first blowjob during St. Valentine's Day massacre. Ooh, nice, yeah. nice, <laughs> nice. You could do worse. Nice. You could do worse. Um, I did. The uh, no, <laughs> I've heard. when the, when the big show came up through the ring and. You're waiting for it. You're like, oh, slow down, slow down. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Slow down. Take it out, take it out. Slap it on your face a little bit. <laughs> but my point of that was these games came out in sort of one of my like slumps where I wasn't really giving a shit about wrestling. So I never really got into any wrestling games. But... Going, it was neat to go back and play these and see the rosters, which I felt like some of the rosters were a little weak. But oh, yeah, the rosters were weird and they were split between this and the Genesis. Like, Genesis had uh, right, yeah, and they had nice. like um, um, exclusive wrestlers for each <laughs> system, too. I think, well, it, yeah, and and the Super NES or the Super WrestleMania, uh, even the Genesis version was the only one that had finishing moves. Too. Yeah, Super, Super WrestleMania, WrestleMania did not have those on the Super Nintendo, which was one no. of the they pretty much classified that. But as I the felt worst like they had, uh, for the most part, the better wrestlers of that era. That's it's the one that had favorite. Macho Man, Randy Savage, and stuff, right? It had Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, yeah. and Ted DiBiase. And Ted DiBiase. They, they were the ones that were shared between both versions. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Super NES had. Uh, Jake Roberts, The Undertaker, Jake the Snake, uh, 
the Legion of Doom, the Natural Disasters, and uh, uh, Sid Justice, mm-hmm. who you guys would know from, you know, early Attitude Era, Psycho Sid. That's right. Or I, in I, WCW, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. Oh, okay. Yeah. I seem to, and, and I think it's kind of a brilliant idea that they had to have a different roster on each system. I think it sort of it could have incentivized the right it's buyer. Pokemon into, Red and Blue. Into getting yeah. both yeah, games. Absolutely. absolutely. But man, they yeah. could have, like, if they re- Red and Blue, that's great. Like, why limit it to the Genesis? Like, why not just, like, release it? both at the same time mm. and be like, got these on this and this on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the let's look at the box art for all three. Sure. Games. Box art, uh, I think it's phenomenal all the way around. It I, looks I knew exactly exciting what it was. and capturing yeah. and engaging. It's like, and if, yeah, it's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah, especially the WrestleMania got Hulk Hogan right there on the front. You know, Macho Man, Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, Legion of Doom. Yeah, the only ones that you wouldn't theoretically know possibly would be Sid Vicious or Sid Justice. Now it did on the box art have this little rainbow on it, uh, the seal of quality that we all know from our childhood. The, the LJN rainbow. Um, I was perplexed. Like, why is the LJN rainbow on there? Because when I started doing research on the games, I was like. LJN didn't develop or publish these games. It was developed. They were developed by Sculptured Software and published by Acclaim Entertainment. And then I was like, wait a minute. When did Acclaim buy LJN? Because uh, I knew that they had, and they was bought it in that transition. It was in 1990. Okay. So then I was like, well, that the okay. So Super WrestleMania came out in 1992. Royal Rumble came out in 93, and Raw came out in 94. So yeah. I was like, okay, so the first one came out in 92. I, I, technically, you know, there was the NES game as well, right. which came out before, but um, which was before. I know where you're going with this, too. Do you? Uh, yes. Well, correct me if I mess anything up. Um, the, the NES version had come out uh, before that buyout. Uh, so I was like, okay, so why still include the, the rainbow on there? Uh, and, and Brooks, I want to hear your two cents, but uh, cause I don't ha- really honestly have an answer, but, but my guess is, um, there are two things. Um, when this, when the game came out, Acclaim already owned LJN, but wrestle wrestling games had already been put out under the LJN WWF licensed games had already come out under the LJN, uh, brand. So I think they, I think they decided to include that, um, for authenticity. Also LJN had, uh, the license for the WWF action figures. Um, that that's a hundred percent it. From 1984 to 1989, LJN signed a licensing agreement with WWF. It's, it's brand recognition. Well, I think it. I think it might have been contractual, maybe even oh, possibly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Be, because I, I think a little from column A, a little from column B, because LJN was a toy company. Yes, and uh, I think they would often like consider their video games to be toys as well mm. so i think honestly i think it was a thing that had to be done i don't have anything to back that up this is just a we gotta know. capitalize on the ljn fandom they're fierce <laughs> well i mean they i mean they still show up at uh the you know toy conventions and stuff like that people make 
money collecting these things. Yeah, the action figures. I I yeah. looked at I looked at a few of them because I was like, this is really interesting, and um, there are a lot. <laughs> there are <laughs> yes. a lot of them. Uh, I was really I was really surprised. So I, I think that had something to do with it. I think the- well, and on top of that, a lot of the wrestlers in this game have been wrestling since before and with the WWF at that time before that buyout happened. Right. Yeah, right. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, so and there's probably probably like you said, some contractual likeness obligations and, in there. Yeah. Yeah. I know listening to that podcast I was talking about earlier where it was like, this is probably super old news to you guys. I had no idea about any of this, but like how uh, McMahon like would license out the wrestlers as essentially as characters and like devoid of the wrestlers. Like he would treat them like, well, this you're playing a character and you're the actor. I own the character. Right. So I'm going to license the character Mm -hmm. because they were talking about like the cartoon show where it's like none of the wrestlers are voicing themselves and not getting money for that because they don't have the rights to their own character. Right. I own the rights to the characters and yeah. I actually <laughs> knew that. Up, about, I didn't know that about him. Up. <laughs> that's why. That's one of the many reasons he is so universally hated. It's fucked up. There are two exceptions a- to that whole thing. Uh, one exception was, I do believe, Sergeant Slaughter. Yep, Sergeant Slaughter played himself in GI Joe. Correct. I, wow. And then, of course, uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage. With Slim Jim. Yep. Ah. Yep. He was he was contracted with Slim Jim, not the WWE. So uh, shortly after he left the WWF at the time and went to rival WCW, the Slim Jim commercials came with him. No, big, big money. Yes. Interesting. So, Snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> so that's one of those of the, yeah, uh, tagline. Slim Jim yeah. commercials on uh, USA Network. He would be getting them on mm. uh, Turner Network Television, <laughs> right, right, and uh, Turner Broadcasting Station. So, hmm. well, if you guys were to uh, maybe say a movie or a celebrity to roll in your experiences with these three games, what might you say? All right, would you would you like me to do all of mine or just one at a time? Sure, go ahead. Because I just picked one to encompass all of them. I did so too. Did individually, go I ahead. did probably one. the same one as me. I did. One. <laughs> uh, so I'll let you go first. <laughs> I did one for each game. So okay, okay. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one for Super WrestleMania, I chose the movie from 1989, No Holds Barred which was a, mu- a movie curated specifically to launch Hulk Hogan's career into megastardom. Uh, it just follows his character at, in the movie. His name is Rip Thomas through his career where WWF wrestling is a legitimate competition sport and not sports entertainment. Mm. Was that the Dookie one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's that smell? Yeah, it's also the movie where at the very start you have Hulk Hogan riding on a motorcycle and then you know doing this whole montage and then you see this guy throwing his dog in the the lake. (laughs) (laughs) 
what the hell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that clip, man. <laughs> the, but so when that was pointed out to me, it was like, well, okay, I could never like not unsee that. <laughs> uh, um, my second one for WWF Royal Rumble. I chose a movie that I have not seen, but I definitely want to see uh, now after reading about it called Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies. Uh, (laughs) It's a a movie from 2013. Uh, I I chose this one because I felt like in some of the difficulty levels, you felt like you were actually wrestling zombies. (laughs) Like There was very little going on. Uh, Uh The movie was about a guy named Shane Douglas uh, accidentally killing another wrestler in the ring during an indie show. That wrestler's brother decides to exact vengeance on him by raising an army of the undead to take Douglas out and uh, books a show in an abandoned prison to trap Douglas and get him killed. So in this movie is... Uh, Matt Hardy, Kurt Angle, Roddy Piper, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, wow. Uh, all playing zombie versions of themselves. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it would be a hoot. And I'm definitely going to put this on my list and report back. Um, but it it says here... Um, ble- <laughs> Bleacher Report mentioned in this in their review saying when The Rock shoots movies, you don't see him pile driving his opponents. In an interview on the Ringer's Book of Wrestling podcast, uh, director Cody Knott says he loved the Attitude Era, especially loved when wrestling was raw and real instead of just calling itself raw. And his love really comes through in this low budget gore fest. That's the review <laughs> that I loved. Uh, this movie looks like an absolute hoot, but I did pick it because during the game, some of these games, I was just mm. whipping ass. And that's because I had my difficulty level set <laughs> the one? way too low. Uh, I did up it after that. And yeah. my last pick is for WWF Raw. This one I chose The Wrestler, uh, starring Mickey Rourke as a former 1980s wrestling mm-hmm. superstar uh, who has kind of fallen from mm-hmm. fame and is now working at a deli counter. Uh, and plays it wrestling on the weekends because he's addicted to it. He loves that life, and he wants to be back in it. Um, this was an Oscar nominee. Mm-hmm. I want to say it maybe even won. I didn't double-check on that. Um, I remember it being a big deal. They call it Mickey Rourke's finest performance of his entire career, and uh, it was a really, really upsetting but very, very good movie uh, that I highly recommend. So... Uh, that's why I picked that because I feel like when the raw at, when the raw era started, when WWF Raw was a thing, I felt like it was starting to become. I feel like the movie The Wrestler takes a serious look at wrestling and and how it's grown and changed over the years and what happens to these guys as they. You know, even someone like Brooks who gets hurt and can't do it anymore because it's just too risky. Uh, and then I, th- I feel like the Raw era is when I feel like people started to really take this seriously. And, like, yeah. and it became a huge mega thing. And, and without it, I just think it that's when it ramped up and it just stayed up there. It's still huge. It's still huge. That that type that raw 
big show, that big event mm-hmm. that it became means that they started really taking themselves seriously and working to make that big money. And and so that's well, why and I picked that movie. You look at it too, it's like they produce a live show every week. Right. A ridiculously complicated elaborate, and yeah. elaborate mm-hmm. so live complicated, show. So complicated, so elaborate. And even lately, you know, uh, some of those some of the stuff gets rewritten just before the show starts, too. Right. You know, and they do it with that level of production quality. Right. And w, yeah. WWE specifically. Yes. Or what changed I mean, in the moment. I remember reading that one time. Just by coincidence, what a Royal Rumble, whenever two wrestlers fell out of the ring and hit the floor at the exact same time, so they just rolled with it that they both won whenever one was supposed right. to win, one was supposed to lose. Yeah. So, yes. Bret Hart of- and Lex Luger yep. are the first <laughs> and only official co-winners. Huh. Uh, the That's actually happened twice where, that, where uh, people had gone over the top rope at the exact same time. The other time was with uh, Batista and John Cena. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Big, big uh, time Batista picked there. John yeah. Cena up for a power bomb and lost his balance and falls over the top rope and they hit at the exact Shit. same time. That's crazy. That is fucking crazy. <laughs> and the, it pissed off Vince McMahon uh, so much that he, you see him storming to the ring to try to get everything straightened up. And when he gets to the ring, he s- tries to stand up and collapses back down. Oh, I love it. I know why. It's so good. Because he tore both of his quads. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Getting into the ring. Seeing that scene oh. when he slides, you just see that. Oh. <laughs> Ow. Ow. But the wrestler like ones. Go ahead, Brooks. It's like he just, and he sits there. While the referee, you know, talking to the referees and the wrestlers. <laughs> the show must go on. Oh, man. Tyler. But I do know that the wrestler won one Academy Award. It was Marissa Tomei for Best Performance Bond Supporting Actors. Okay. All right. I didn't. Re- I she didn't is fantastic. Remember in that, that, movie. that was. That she that is just hers. fantastic. I'm just period. not talking Hell, about that. I'm just not yes. talking about her body, too. No, me neither. My cousin Vinny, that speech she gives yep. on the stand, and my cousin Vinny, yep. God, perfect. Oh, Perfection. she has several monologues in my cousin mm. Vinny. They're like mm. biological clock monologue is great. Yes. yes. Yeah. On the stand. Yeah, that's a fantastic she one. She can too. do just about anything and yeah. be sexy when she's doing it. And, yeah. and just so smart and funny. Mm-hmm. Love Marissa Tomei. Brooks, did you happen to have a movie or anything? Do you know our, our formula? Have, yes, I have a uh uh two movies that I like in these games too because I find them they're both just fun movies uh the fir- and they're both but have uh one of the same actors slash wrestler in it and that's rowdy rowdy piper uh i know where you're going yeah i know where you're going the first, one, the first <laughs> one is because uh royal rumble just felt this way for me is definitely they live yeah yes. god i love yeah, that love that so fucking movie. Gum and i'm all out of bubble gum oh my <laughs> yep. god duke nukem quotes uh-huh. yeah. him yes. in the game i mean come on yeah. oh yep. such a good movie and then another one which is actually and this 
kind of feels like the old feels a little bit more like uh, super wrestlemania and kind of the fun of raw is a little bit because it's a little bit more arcadey in some instances um it's it's a movie called body slam body slam i don't know that uh, one. it has rowdy rowdy piper him and uh a guy named uh tonga tom uh i think that was his name in that movie but he was actually the tonga kid in wrestling. yes i know the tonga kid. Uh, okay so then they form a tag team with a guy who thought he was getting into uh managing a rock band rock singer or something but finds out that he's managing a re- wrestler now huh. <laughs> so actually, captain lou albano's in the movie <laughs> oh yes so don't do drugs it, it, you're it gonna help just a fun die. movie Captain Lou was in a Cindy Lauper video. Girls just want to have mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of those that he just he got around because of him yes. being just a just, big character. Yeah, I himself, think actually yeah. Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou Albano were actually friends. Oh, I, that's I cool. Did. I, I think I did know that because I think they were from the same area. I think they were both from like Brooklyn so. or wherever. I can't remember exactly, yeah. but yeah, which, I think they like there were several crossovers with you know him and her music videos. Yeah, her in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she so. even showed up. I think she even showed up at wrestling from time to time back in the she day. She showed up uh, opposite uh, Wendy Richter. Yeah, at <laughs> one of the WrestleManias. Wow, like I, the first WrestleMania. You are unlocking so many memories <laughs> for me. Things that I have lo- thought I had long forgotten. Tyler, what movie did you do? Uh, I picked the the David Arquette classic, uh, Ready to Rumble. Nice, because uh, uh, like these three games, it's just uh, it's got its problems, but it's just sort of goofy fun. Yeah. Okay. So, Dave, I went with the Bandini. You want to wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> I went with the 1999 classic film, Gremlins Two: The New Batch in which Hulk Hogan (laughs) saves the movie after the gremlins infiltrate the photo booth that is the projection booth that is showing the movie in progress. Like you do. Like you do. Yeah. Yeah. I also had an honorable mention, which was Rocky three, where at the beginning, Rocky Rocky has a, a, a exhibition match against Hulk Hogan AKA Thunder Lips in the in the movie. Uh, really good shit. Yeah. What about a Nick Cage movie? I didn't pick Anybody? one. I picked three wrestling <laughs> movies, so fair. I'm I it's didn't fair. do Nick Cage. I've got one. I'll go last though. Okay. Brooks. Uh a Nick Cage movie. I think I will have to go with Face Off. On his face, because all the faces look the same. Because it, yeah, all the faces look the same. Uh, plus, it's kind of you know over the top, and some of the characters, obviously in uh, Raw, definitely over the top. I mean, you have Doink the Clown, Doink Luna Vachon. I mean, mine is. I have uh, met Diesel, so that's cool. The the original Super Shredder. Yes, uh, met him. At, so him i was actually i went to the restroom at a uh, wrestling show and uh someone was in the stall there was only like a stall and a urinal so i went to the urinal you know did my thing come out there was one sink with a mirror so i'm washing my hands 
and uh, someone comes out of the stall. I look. I can't see his head in the mirror. I just see torso. <laughs> I kind of bend down and look up, and you know, in the reflection of the mirror, and see that's Kevin Nash. Damn. Behind me. I'm like, I'm like, huh. I was like, here, let me finish up. I'd shake your hand, but I know where it's been. <laughs> yeah, good chuckle. I left, and that was my encounter with Kevin Nash. Oh, nice. Cool. I still would have shaken his hand. Like, I want to shake your hand because I know exactly where. <laughs> been getting that ooze. <laughs> no, I'm going to pick the darkest. If I rub this on me, will it make me a super shredder? <laughs> he drank all of it. <laughs> so I'm choosing the darkest timeline variation of The Wrestler because the actor originally intended right. for the wrestler was Nick right. Cage. Oh, okay. I did yeah. not know that. They said he looked too healthy, so then they offered it to Mickey Roar. Which, he fit the role perfectly then, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad okay. you went that route, because I almost did. Uh, and then I decided to choose the 2016 footage of Nicolas Cage and Vince Neil wrestling on the Las Vegas Strip during daylight hours. Nice. <laughs> Sentence you would have never thought could have ever you been. You can uttered. find this online. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> nice. Moving right along. We wanted to find good things and bad things. Yeah, I'm good with that. I, I yep. feel like we already touched on some so of this. We did touch on it. some of it, and I mean, just as a quick. Uh, recap of some of the stuff I may have said or may not. Just going to run through mine real quick. Sure. I, I think these are all three enjoyable, especially for a wrestling fan. I think they'd be an excellent series to have on tap in your collection just to pick mm -hmm. up and play, especially if you're having a buddy over and you want to do and you're into wrestling. This is yeah. it. You know, this is yeah. the way to do it. Um, I feel like the rosters hit both on kind of the good and the bad for me. I, but I think. Just touching briefly into one of my quote unquote bad things, because I didn't have a lot of bad things to say about these games, uh, was that as much as I would have liked to have seen a Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and Mankind, and I did a little checking, and actually, by the time even the last game in the series, Raw, which is the one we drew first, uh, these guys had just begun their career. Sure, and so they right. weren't going to be included yet. Or even if they had started, you know, the Stone Cold came up from being the ringmaster and then he started being more popular and changed his persona to Stone Cold Steve Austin, which was a huge hit. But by the around the time, this Around this time, he was tag teaming with Brian Pillman uh, in WCW. Yeah, and he was still the ringmaster. And he, he was actually he was uh, stunning Steve Austin. Stunning Steve Austin. Okay. At part of the Hollywood Blondes. Gotcha. Yes. Because he had hair. He had hair, <laughs> a lot of hair. And so they would not have been included just because of the time the game came out. So I can't really call it a bad thing, but I did think that the rosters were fairly complete. Uh, for for the at least for the Super NES version, I didn't get in any of the others, obviously for obvious reasons. But um, then the other thing I just had was we touched on briefly. I thought as the games progressed through time, they got a little better and a yeah. little more polished and yeah. a little more. You know, there was clear attention to detail, right. 
by the developers as these newer games started to come out, uh, definitely taking feedback from their fan base mm-hmm. uh, to improve graphics and sound and add this character or that wrestler or right. this feature or take this out right. and put this in. Yeah. You know, there was definitely some, again, going back to what you said earlier, Dave, care was given as the series Each progressed. Year, which is like... It's a ma- it's like Madden, you but know. It's better, but better because right. Madden didn't change that much from year to year. They'd update the roster and like a few things, a few but little like things, what yeah. they changed year to year in these games are like drastic compared to Madden because it's like they I think they started adding the finishing moves or the signature moves uh, on the SNES in, uh, in the second game, Royal second Rumble. game. right? Yes. Royal Rumble, and then by by Raw. Um, they had one, two, three, four, five, six different game modes. Right. And multi-tap functionality. Like, I feel like, I think they added that with Raw as well. I mean, it just got like, it, over short periods of time, they didn't just update the roster. Right. They went the extra mile, which is like. We're talking about a period of two and a half years for all three of these games. Right. That came out. And roughly, and the same technology, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Super WrestleMania started off running a little bit. You know, you got more than the tag team on the screen. It ran slow. Yeah, I think I think it's a bad game. I don't like Super WrestleMania at all. Yeah, well, it's regarded. It's, it's usually it's a regarded prototype. as the so bad it's, one. It's definitely it's such a tremendous step up to Royal Rumble and Raw. Raw is the best. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is. I feel like this is time. one of those. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this yeah. is one of those series where it's where this is perfect. Like the last one should be the best one, you yes. know, like it always yeah. sucks to look like when they uh, go back Donkey and Kong country something. three. I mean, yeah, it's either more of the same or they've gone and broken a really fucking functional mechanic right. that was there before. And now it's not, or they don't know what to do with it. Right. But it's like in like raw, it's like, they definitely knew what to do. Like, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, it's great. I feel like that is like that's extremely respectable development, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's nice to see like a fan base like actually get treated with respect, like yeah. from the video game mm-hmm. regards. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like that's 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 cool because we don't always see that. I love the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on NES, but that wasn't like, that's not like a fan favorite. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but that's like, I, I was talking about the game modes. That's on my list of yeah, like good things. Crazy. Like, it's insane because it's like in Raw, there's one on one tag team, Bedlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and Raw Endurance match. And you don't get that level of variety in. I don't can't think of also, a game that has that. Also, uh, something that happens in uh, the raw version, I don't think happens in Royal Rumble. Actually, I think it might, but uh, whenever you have the referee in the ring, right, you can knock him down. <laughs> yes, you can, which is uh, awesome. If you do it mechanic. enough yeah. times in Raw, he walks out, and then the. Mo- the match finishes that you can finish the match in brawl mode. Oh shit. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yes. (laughs) And also, um, if you are, this is also the first wrestling game on for the WWF that actually. So, uh, in Royal rumble, you had Bret Hart and Ric Flair. Now their finishing moves are submissions, the figure four leg lock and the sharpshooter respectively. Mm -hmm. 
but there was no submission in Royal Rumble. You just drain their energy and then pin them. Then pin them, right? Raw. If you if you drain if you put them in the submission after their uh, energy is out, they give up. Oh wow! It's the first one to have a submission as well. So they progressed further because they had Brett and Owen Hart who both used the sharpshooter. So I think it just sort of, again, speaks to the level of give a shit that the devs had to put you in connection with this franchise that everybody loved, you know, the ref thing where he leaves, you know, that would happen in wrestling. The ref would get knocked out and then they would just, then they would start breaking all the rules because there was no one there to put him in check. And I I think that's really neat that they put that in there because again, it adds that like another layer of connection for the fan to the thing that the fan loves. This felt like one of those games, you know, that there's just a lot of stuff to see. Absolutely. Um, And, and in the same vein as like mortal Kombat, for example, where it's just like, there are a lot of conditionals that can change what you see on the screen. Right. Like, for example, like, you know, in Mortal Kombat, when you perform the uppercut to like the uppercut fatality at the pit mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, this is a this is a discoverable thing. Yes. Raw felt like that to me. It, it, it had kind of those same vibes, but not as obviously not as sure. like cartoonishly violent. But um, but I got I got little bits of that too and and i think a lot of that had to do with the developer uh who did work on like mortal kombat mm-hmm. uh, home console ports acclaim so, right uh yeah. and uh sculptured as right. well yeah. like that like it, it had that feel to it i i got that vibe from it yeah these games are hard i can appreciate them but these games are hard for me to come come back to because like i miss this era like i said like I was allowed to watch wrestling when I was little because of The Undertaker. My parents, you know, he's demonic. You can't watch it. Uh, So really, (laughs) once I could watch something of my own volition, then I got into it. So basically, my wrestling knowledge and where I watched Attitude Era, 97 to 2002. Mm -hmm. So that is seventh grade to senior year in high school for me. Which is hilarious because that was when Undertaker was his most satanic. Absolutely. Uh, whenever he became the American badass, I was allowed to watch it on TV in, in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> because he wasn't but, demonic. But, but before There's that, Patriot. Before, he had, before he that, had his ministry was, of darkness going on. Yeah, I, I would get yeah, so I had to watch it on the, on the sly. Um, but that is the N64, you know, PlayStation era. So my first yep. wrestling game I really got into was SmackDown on the PlayStation and No Mercy on the N64. Which is when those games really started ramping. Those games are huge. Yeah. No Mercy's huge. So go, me going back to this is really, really Absolutely. hard. I could I completely that. understand. Yeah. As far as, you know, as far as I went, I started on this. So, you know, this was the era I started watching wrestling all the time. So, like, my favorite favorite wrestler at the time was uh, Razor Ramon. I did like Razor Ramon, and, yeah. And, you know, Scott Hall was... I I got a freaking drawing of the guy who uh, did the uh, drawings of, the, of his gear when he was working with the WWF at the time. Hmm. So, the guy did some art, art, artwork that I've, I've got hanging up in my bedroom. That's great. That was cool. Razor Ramon. 
So, I mean, yeah, these, you know, Super WrestleMania was kind of bare bones. Uh, Royal Rumble step up, adding more match types, finishers. The moment I could do the razor's edge, I was like, sweet. And then, you know, Raw, where they added more uh, wrestling moves, kind of gave each wrestler kind of their own style a little bit. I mean, it's just that progression. I loved it. Well, what do we what do we have? Have we got any more good things to cover? Are we gonna move to the bad, or are we just kind of covering whatever? Uh, I mean, I've I've said the good things that I that I really liked about it. I yeah. mean, I mentioned the multi tap functionality in Raw, which I, anything that has multi tap, I think is is cool. I mm-hmm. think it's it a elevates neat thing it to elevates add. It. Yeah. yeah, for sure, especially for this kind of game. Yeah, yes. totally. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this. I, yeah, I, I didn't. I did the, go ahead, Brooks. I did one of I did one of those um, with a multi tap for the PlayStation Two for one of the uh, SmackDown games. I could see that that was nuts. I could see that being a lot of fun. I could see like even not having not watched a lot of wrestling as a kid. Like if I had gone over to a sleepover and they had a Super Nintendo WWF Raw and a multi tap, that would have been like that would have been great. I mean, that would have been like a fantastic experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We did a eight person ladder match on one of the SmackDown games. And that shit lasted for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One match. And you probably enjoyed every minute of that oh, hour. It was, it, it was, it was so like, it was like high intensity the entire time. So, do, yeah. It was so much fun. Do we have anything? Do we have any bad things to say about the game? I mean, I, they were all, they were all pretty samey. You know, same formula, yeah. more bells, bells and whistles. Not necessarily a bad thing. They improved on it. Uh, I wish the graphical quality would have gotten a little bit better because the Undertaker looks like the exact same in every single game. There's no, so there's well, more. There's like, more modes. That there's it's a lot smoother. It's a lot faster. Uh, so I guess I just wish maybe there was just a little. I mean, they they definitely improve on the arcade game graphically. Sure, you know, but. You know, so I mean, it is. I mean, it is like a better version of Madden. Um, I didn't like. I said I didn't like Super WrestleMania. I wasn't into Royal Rumble until I tried Royal Rumble, and then like I finished that and won. I was like, okay, that was that was pretty fun. Yeah. So and then I Royal was, Rumble then I was, was the best mode on that one. Yeah. yeah. And then I was very surprised by. I was like, okay, Raw is actually like this is this feels like a a functional good game where. The others didn't as much, right? So that's just. But where did it? Uh, where did it lose you, or where did it win you? What What got you? I I mean I. The box, the box art. You know, it just for me, it really got me going mm-hmm. right out of the nostalgia. Game. Yeah, yeah, from the nostalgia factor, and had I been into it when these games came out, it would have been the same reason. You know, this is uh, I think for even a sort of a on again off again wrestling fan like myself this took me back to some really fond memories and some fun times that I had that all centered around this this franchise so yeah absolutely it delivered for me immediately um it it lost me at the uh grappling mechanic uh i having played 
Natsume Championship Wrestling before this, yeah. and then playing and then playing the WWF games. Um, I think that WWF is a lot more. These games are a lot more. They have a lot more character. They have a lot more baked in. Uh, I feel like they're a lot more exciting. Uh, but I do prefer the the grappling mechanic in uh, Natsume Championship Wrestling better, which is it's timing. As opposed to in in these games, mashing. when you lock up, you're you're mashing yeah. the button, and it, that gets that is fun the first three times. But it happens so often. Oh, when you yes. play a Royal Rumble, where oh, it's just like, like turn God. around, grapple, turn around, right. grapple, turn around, right. grapple. Yeah. Right, yeah. So and it's 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 cool, like even how they show what's happening because like when you when you're like grappling there's this bar that appears above your heads and you can see like this meter on who's either side indicating who's of, winning tug of war system is what they called it yes thank you brooks it, um and i i think that that display is cool i just it just it just gets old after like i mean i played for like 45 minutes and i was like i gotta take a break yeah because i'm tired of My thumb hurts yeah, right yeah, yeah. I loved like when I loved how though in the variety in a grapple situation there'd be variety as to what could happen to break it like a headbutt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a kick to the leg mm-hmm. or something that would sort of break the break monotony. It. right yeah. yeah so very cool yeah yeah uh, the I mean the speed and the clunkiness nearly lost me uh, and I think the clunkiness is just part of wrestling games mm-hmm. I haven't played a wrestling game that doesn't feel Resident Evil style, just sort of clunky to play, but you can get over that. You know, I did with SmackDown and and, and No Mercy. You know, I, I love those games. Uh, so almost lost me with that. Got me back with the Royal Rumble mode because that felt fun and unique and different. Royal Rumble mode is really fun, yeah. and and I agree with you. It's like especially when I first started playing, even Raw, because I started with Raw. I did this in the wrong order. Oh, oh, Uh, you totally did. (laughs) (laughs) But I started with Raw, and even Raw, when I was like 10 minutes, like when I first started playing, and I was like, I hope I get used to this, how like, yeah, the frame, like the frame rate on it, for a lack of a better term, it's it's choppy. Yeah. It's choppy. It's really, the the SNES is doing it best that it can, (laughs) you know? What about you, Brooks? Um, I mean, yeah, after a while, I mean, there's only so much you can actually do in this game. Uh, And if you're a big wrestling fan, this only scratches the itch for so long. So, uh, which is why I took on to uh, later on the Fire Pro Wrestling series. So. Uh, um, And those are huge. Like, oh, yeah. And they are complex. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you guys remember me setting up the uh, Tadpog, Tadpog wrestling yeah. for a little bit there. Uh, man, I did not have enough time to get all that stuff worked out to where it was like, because the AI building in that is ridiculous. Yeah. But man, they're entertaining. I, I don't even hardly play those games. I just like load two wrestlers in that have like a good AI that I download and watch them go to town. It's enjoyable. And I think you'd actually like it more too, Dave, because it's uh, timing based. That's what I, when, so when I was doing research on NCW, um, I, someone had mentioned that and that 
I this might not be true. I might be misremembering, but I think I read that Fire Pro has its roots in Natsume Championship Wrestling. I I, I think you're right. Uh, so I I probably would I probably would enjoy that because I mean. Once I learned that was the key in NCW, I mean, it was like that game all of a sudden, it was so much fun because it was now, mm-hmm. now it was just like, um, it's all about that timing and watching for the cue and, and hitting it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Well, where would you put it in the, in the Super Nintendo list? All three of these games. Top 100, bottom 100, middle. I go for Raw being in the top 100 because I think a good wrestling game has a place. I know that Hatsume Wrestling is probably the one that I would say mechanically is the one that belongs there the most, but I do think having the franchise behind it earns Raw a spot in the top 100 for me. It makes a huge difference, and as as much of a fan as I am of NCW, I... Like I said earlier, I think that Raw was a lot more exciting mm-hmm. because of like the different game modes and it's like the Royal Rumble. I mean, that's that's like even when it even when I'm not doing well in that, it's like it's just fucking chaos. It's yeah. it's just yeah. it, it's just interesting, you know. The only thing you never Kena know has which seen. angle you're getting at. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. The only thing Kenneth has seen and loved in wrestling was watching a Royal Rumble with Jacob. Oh yeah, one of the most one of the more recent ones. That's a good person yeah. to watch. That's, you're like a first Royal yeah. Rumble with. I feel like uh, that's something that my wife and my kids watch all the time, and especially this last one. My older my older teenagers kind of got into it because it was like, wait a minute, is that Logan Paul? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> who, by the way, had probably one of the best spots of the night with a hometown guy for you guys named Ricochet. All right. He is from Paducah, Kentucky. Wow, I didn't know that. Did he yes. happen to wrestle under the moniker Chuck Taylor in the amateur league? Uh, no, Chuck Taylor is a different guy. Good. Who is currently wrestling in uh, AEW? I have nothing against Chuck Taylor. It's his mom I hate. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I think his mom is actually in AEW. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a story there where like I, I, him I know and his this tag team partner uh get driven to the arena by his mom. Yeah, no, she loves she loved to talk about her involvement in his um wrestling career. I'm not getting into it. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just not. Uh anyway. I mean I'd probably put Raw in the 300s, Royal Rumble in the 400s, and Super WrestleMania in the 500s, 600s. I'm about on the same page as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree. I think I think that Raw is definitely above the middle for yeah. me, and yeah. I think that the other two are below the middle. Yeah. By rent or birthday, boy, I think these are going to be. I think these for me would have been a rental. The latter, latter two, I would have been, I would have rented. Yeah, yeah, and I, but I think for the fan in me, had I been into it at the time, I probably would have bought it. Yeah, at least raw. Yeah, uh, maybe. I owned all three at one point, right. so <laughs> that tells you anything. But I think, I think any of them in their respective release date in their release year are are a worth a buy. Honestly, 
Raw would have been a fun rental for me, especially with a cousin or a friend to play it. I don't know that I would have enjoyed it so much by myself, but yeah. but with somebody else, I think, especially somebody who loved the franchise, yeah. you know, and could like the one of the reasons I never got into wrestling is because I never really had a friend who was into it. Right. You know what I mean? Like so it was never and it wasn't something that my family really watched. So I never really had any exposure to it until it was, I feel like, too late. Uh, and it's essentially like you and, and Jacob and everybody in college. I mean, yeah. that was like the first. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dave, I'll, I'll be your adult, fr- older adult friend in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I think the time has passed, unfortunately, but maybe not. Br- Brandon and I would have had fun with this in, in, its, in its heyday. Yeah. yeah. He and I could have rented this. I'm, Josh and I, maybe not, but Brandon and I. I could have rented this and had a good time with it. Actually, Wrong. Dave, I've got some I got something for you to check out later uh that you would enjoy. It's called Bacha Mania. Bacha Mania? I thought you were gonna recommend pornography to me for a second there. I was like, well, uh, save it for after no. the show. It's, <laughs> it's a whole bunch, it's a whole bunch of stuff where wrestling goes wrong. And it's typically done to uh revamped video game music. Interesting. Let's say Benny Hill. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking this up right now. Do you guys have any achievements? I had yes, but one. Give me your one. My achievement is over the edge, and to uh, w- to get this achievement, win any championship or tournament as Owen Hart. And I say this because oh. because we lost Owen Hart. In a tragic accident in 1999, he was scheduled to mm-hmm. wrestle for the Intercontinental t- Championship title against the Godfather, and he was going to be making a big superhero entrance into the ring, and his harness gave out, right. and he fell 78 feet Fuck to his shit. death. And then Vince McMahon, in his wisdom, decided to make the event continue mm-hmm. after someone literally died on live television. Um it's just my little. You can see that you see the blood where they had pushed it yeah, to the corner Christ. of the ring in the. Yeah, it was bad, and it was real bad. And this was during that time when we were watching, and this it was it was it was the absolute, most surreal thing I've ever it seen. It was in the my most. Life. Uh, it, it, we were we were having a party at my brother in law's house. This whole thing, we were in it like this was at our peak wrestling like partying and wrestling championships ppvs all that shit uh everyone in the room was just stunned into silence and it was an absolute fucking tragedy Mm -hmm. and i i make the achievement not as an insult but as a tribute to the late owen hart because i really liked that guy uh and he had he had a he had a good career so that's my achievement Brooks, do you have any? I have uh, one. Um, the best one I can call this is Mister WrestleMania, which is a moniker known mo- known uh, by the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Shawn and Michaels. to get this achievement is to go from bell to bell. In the Royal Rumble match as Shawn Michaels. All right. Okay. Who was the first wrestler to ever win the Royal Ma- Rumble match from the number one spot? Hmm. Okay. Good one. 
Dave, do you have one? I do. I'll go last. Okay. So I've got three. My first one is the Nino. <laughs> you unlock the Nino <laughs> by winning the Royal Rumble as the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Love it. Um, Woo! Uh, and then my second one is okay, sure. And that is you win everything in every mode as Doink the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last one is, I guess that can happen. And you actually win by your opponent having ring out. Because I tried my damnedest. And yeah. I could not get that to happen. Yeah. Just the Undertaker standing on the edge. Every time they get back in, I just fucking hurl them back out. <laughs> so they have no energy and they will not stay out for a 10 count. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted one to, of those. You too. have to stay out there and beat them up until about eight, and then rush back and in. Then rush in. Rush back in. <coughs> uh, I had a few. Uh, the first of which is collateral damage. In order to unlock collateral damage, you inadvertently knock out the ref during a match. Uh, when I made this achievement, I didn't realize that you could do that enough times to make them just leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my next achievement is understruck. In order to unlock Understruck, win a Survival Series skirmish match as just the Undertaker versus four opponents. Um, <laughs> just the, doable. The next achievement I have is Gorilla Monsoon. In order to unlock Gorilla Monsoon, perform commentary for this game on a television manufactured in 1982, uh, the year that Gorilla Monsoon became an announcer for the <laughs> WWF. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Man on the Moon, in order to unlock Man on the Moon and WWF Raw, only wrestle against Luna Vashon. <laughs> I said that right? <laughs> uh, and then my last achievement is Fig 8, Make You Cry. In yeah. order to unlock Fig 8, Make You Cry, perform every signature move in all of the, all of nice. the WWF Those games. Are good. Nice. Those are good. I also just want to comment. This, this reminded so, me of my... You said the Undertaker achievement reminded me of when I first heard it, the shock followed by the the stupidity shame whenever somebody told me that the Undertaker and Kane were not actually brothers. (laughs) (laughs) I was shocked and then like, why would I really, really believe believe that with my Uh, also, I'd like to say that um, I don't know if this was intentional, but your achievement, Man on the Moon... It was also a song by R.E.M. about For the movie. Andy Kaufman. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, 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 totally, and, absolutely. And I wanted, in, if even if that had been intentional, which it was, I wanted everyone else to know that too because they may not have gotten it. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. So I have, a, I have a question for you guys uh, that were able to perform signature moves. What one was your favorite? Um, I was unable to perform any of them. Same. <laughs> I was unable yeah, to. I okay. tried, man. And it's like, I even pulled up game facts and I was like, I just don't think this is going to happen. Yep. I kick punch <laughs> through until I could pin. Same. Right. Same. That it. Yep. So we cannot answer that question. Yeah. I'm not a okay. true gamer. <laughs> uh, crush, uh, slaughtered me with the, his crush when he pulled that <laughs> off on me on the Royal Rumble. I noticed my, my health bar just said like down by half suddenly <laughs> when he's just like pushing on my head. Yeah. Do you have one, Brooks? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, straight up, the Razor's Edge. Razor's uh, Edge. That makes sense. So, which is a crucifix power bomb. Razor Ramon, the strongest jaw in the WWF. <laughs> we want to see... Uh, Flopsy and game cost and all that. Sure. 
what do you guys think? We'll do it one at a time. Okay. Super WrestleMania for the Super Nintendo. If you were to buy it loose right now, how much do you think you'd pay for it? Twelve ninety nine. Five dollars. What do you think, Brooks? Uh, I'm going to go seven dollars. Seven bucks. Actual retail value of Super WrestleMania for the Super Nintendo loose on average, according to PriceCharting.com, at the time of this recording, is eight dollars and eighty nine cents. We had some pretty close guesses. What do you think Flopsy had to say about Super WrestleMania? Um, I'm going to say three stars, common. Common one and a half stars. What do you think? Uh, common two stars. Okay. I can't play because I accidentally saw some of these when I was marking the page. Um, according to Flopsy, a.k.a. the ultimate Nintendo guide to the SNS library 1991 through 1998 by Pat Contry, courtesy of Monster Mold Mike and a mysterious shadowy benefactor, WWF Super WrestleMania. One and a half stars. Nailed it. One and a half stars. Availability, very common. Very common. Mm -hmm. I didn't know very common was a thing. I didn't know either. That's why I said common. I think that's like the first very common game you guys (laughs) maybe. Maybe. And you know, interestingly enough, as I'm as I'm looking through here, they have LJN listed as the publisher. Wikipedia does not. So Curious about that. Um, that might have been a claim publishing mm-hmm. as LJN. Uh, that what, could do, be. what do you guys think about um, WWF Royal Rumble? How much do you think you'd pay for that? Uh, $17. $17? $10. I'd go with $12. $10? 12 bucks. Close. Yeah. Actual price of Royal Rumble. Should I go through the whole thing or not? No. $11.78. I got mm. that one mm-hmm. over by 22 cents. <laughs> that much. <laughs> what do you think uh, Flopsy had to say about that one? Uh, this one's definitely two stars and oh, common. No. I didn't get that one. I didn't get that. I said 17. My bad. The rules are made matter. up. <laughs> doesn't matter. matter. Thank you. Yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Flopsy. Um... This one, I bet, did get three stars, and I bet it was probably very common. If that's a thing, uh, I'd say it's probably very common. What do you think, Tyler? Two and a half stars. I'll stick with common. Okay. Brooks? Uh, Two stars and common. Flopsy gave this, and I'm surprised, three and a half stars... Wow. Yeah, that's a big, big jump. I know. And I, it, yeah. it, it is a big jump. And I think that's warranted. It's I valid. Do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but still, that's a, that's a big jump. Uh, there's one more jump to go. Right. Exactly. Uh, and that, uh, the availability, availability on that is common. Okay. So it was less available than Super WrestleMania. Oh. Go figure. Yeah. What do you guys think about Raw? How much do you think you pay for that? Uh, raw. I'm going to go fifteen dollars. Fifteen bucks. Twenty-two dollars. I have written down here, and I'll stick to it. Fourteen dollars. Fourteen dollars. Actual retail value of WWF Raw is fourteen dollars eighty-nine cents. Damn, these are some close ones. Yeah. You won both showcases on <laughs> close <that> one. <laughs> ones. Yes, you did. 
what do you think Flopsy gave WWF Raw? I mean, this one's got to go four, right? Four stars in common. Four stars in common? Because there's they would be... I would be shocked if it didn't get a better score than Royal Rumble. It would be a crime. It would be a crime because it's a better game. It's the best of the best. So I think four stars... I'm going to game the system here and go three and a half stars and rare. Okay. Ooh. Uh, And... I, I'll explain that after Tyler makes his. Okay. I'm going to agree with it as three and a half stars, and I think they're going to cite the roster being weird. Ah, uh, okay. As, as it's saying the same. Okay. Sure. Um, and I'll I'll take one step the other direction and say uh, uncommon. Okay. Brooks, what was your reasoning? So my reasoning is uh, this was the start of the downturn Royal Rumble was the start of the downturn of wrestling for a little bit. That's when it started to hit a lull and didn't kick back up until 96, 97, start of the Attitude Era Mm -hmm. and the Monday Night Wars. So that's when uh, 96 was when Monday Nitro started up. Yes. Okay. This is solid reasoning. Mm -hmm. So according to Flopsy, WWF Raw... They gave four stars. Ability uh, availability common. Nailed so it. So I think you got. I think I got you got it on one. both counts, Ian. And I very nice. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, as far as I don't, I personally <laughs> might not give it four stars, but I feel like in that, the, that in the hierarchy up, yeah. is it's logical. That's the only reason I said what I said. Right. And I I do think the common thing was because they're just going to dump as many of these things on the market as they can because they have the money and the and the buying power to do it. Right. So why which not? is which was odd for me because I had this one was Raw was the hardest game for me to find. Really. I found more of Royal Rumble and uh Rest, Super WrestleMania more than I found Raw mm-hmm. whenever I was actively searching for that game. Super WrestleMania that People one makes that one it's makes sense. Line. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. I mean, that might have something to do with it, too. Yeah, Tyler, people wanted to keep Raw. But also, Super WrestleMania had a larger run. So that makes sense mm. why you yeah. might find more of those. As far as Royal Rumble, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's middle child, easily forgotten. <laughs> right. I speak from experience. <laughs> Tyler. Yes, Dave. If you were to give this game a beard, it sums up how you feel about it, what kind of beard would you give it? I would give it the the kempt dark beard of one Steve Blackman, who was a wrestler I liked, uh, technically sound, but had zero charisma. So I feel like half the equation was there and half the equation wasn't, which is kind of how I feel about some of these games. Okay. Okay. Fun fact with Steve Blackman, he did not participate in the actual uh, shoot fighting competition brawl for all because he did not want to show everybody that he could beat up everybody on the roster (laughs) (laughs) because he was a legit martial artist huh yeah i I mean i always enjoyed wrestling yeah tyler yes if you would give this game a pair of glasses what kind of glasses would you give it give it the the wraparound shades of one bret hart Uh, because they're definitely a a piece of that era. 
Okay. <laughs> definitely, that's that's they show that that's definitely this the time period that they are yeah, from. Yeah, definitely a symbolic of that yep. of the t- sign of the times. Yes, indeed. All right. I think I think that's it. Um, we have plans for next episode to be in all calls yep. uh, because I've got a work trip coming up and it's going to be too much to try to do a game justice. Um, and then after that, we're looking at um, doing Hook uh, because we had done Hell an episode yeah. on Hook. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. We had done an episode on Hook that's uh, no longer up and we want to replace it. And uh, looky, looky, I got a hooky. That's right. I mean, it about right. It. Gives me a chance to play that one. Right. It's, I never yeah. it's good. I, I really, I love hook. It's one yeah. of your, the reason we covered it was because it was one of your picks, yep. I think, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, I think if, if y'all agree, maybe let's just uh, table community corner until next time. Yeah. yeah. We're, running we're, we're, we're running, running a little long. We're running late. And, uh, we're yeah, doing an all calls next fault. week. <laughs> no, <laughs> no dude. not at all. Brooks, all, thanks for being on, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks was, for coming. Yeah, it was great having you on. You had like really good insight and yeah, love. Really. We would not have had. Yeah, 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 totally. And Thank you. We're doing all calls uh, I'm, next I'm, time. I'm glad. So. I, I'm glad I was able to do this episode some justice. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. of course, man. Thanks. Maybe maybe not make it to seven fourteen, but a solid seven thirteen. <laughs> I think no, we got seven fifteen. I think we. I think we're. This is not a seven thirteen. No, it's definitely not seven thirteen. This has been a blast. It's three games. This is 716. Yeah. It's something. There we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening, everybody. You can find the show on iTunes, uh, Spotify, not, not SoundCloud. Stitcher. Not no, Stitcher. 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 Yes, Stitcher. <laughs> Just Google it. Google Tadpog. you find it. Make sure it is. If it, it says Tadpog, be like, no. Nope. nope. Tadpog. Next one. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, if you want to uh, call us, we got that all calls episode, but we won't get to your call if you make it the next unless, week. Unless we can do 378 <laughs> calls in one episode. Let's try. Speed runs. Let's try the our all hardest. call speed okay. run. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when the last call I put in was. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have reached it yet or not. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, we'll find out. We just don't know when. <laughs> you can call us at 270-883-2555. If you want to send us something to have on the show, a new intro, a little outro, send that to Tadpog Studios, Kevin Nicole Nance, Peel Box 3785, Kentucky 42002. There's more, but most importantly, we got that Patreon. We do have that Patreon, and we have have uh, recently, just the other day, recorded our follow-up to the Scott Pilgrim uh, games, the D&D game that we played uh, recently. Mm-hmm. That is going to be on Patreon, but good news, everybody. It's free. It's We're going to let that one be free. Good we want news, you to give everybody. It. Good news, everybody. We want you to be able to listen to that. Also, hopefully, uh, while you're there, you'll be tempted to uh, throw us a buck and Consider have access it. to the have I'd access buy to this for a dollar. Consider other it. bonus content. Um, Patreon.com slash Tadpog or Pistaster.com. Jump on in there. We're going to have that up and running here soon, uh, that episode as well. So um, we'll let you know about that. And Naj, you need to listen because uh, I got a little shout out for you towards the end. Um, going to need some information from you. Uh, anyway, we do have a list of executive producers. These are the fine folks who donate $20 or more every single month, every single month to the show. 
Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, yes. the least I can do is read your names on the show. So I'm going to do that now, starting with Usurper Graham, Cousin David Galino, Plinko Nick Price, Cubicle Monkey, Enthusiast Jeff Miners, Master Cycle Baron Kevin Link, Joseph Phillips, Gamebug Prime, Nathan Eaton, Matt Gentile, a.k.a. Gentle G, Princess Consuela, Banana Hammock, Flavor Trick, Taryn Dahl, congratulations on your marriage, Pinball, Airplane, Archmage, Chris Edler. We're sorry you couldn't be on this episode. We are glad, though, that Brooks could be on this episode. Hell yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Platinum member Brett Miller, Sandwich Pope Phil Hawkins, Nate from Utah, first time caller, Drinksmith Joey Webster, Dick Dougie, Derek Pope Sandwich, and last but not least, our most just trying his best to donate some money to us yes. and having a little problem, but we applaud the effort. Yes. We hope it goes through for you and you don't get charged multiple, multiple times. That won't happen. Cody Phillips, thank you thank so you, much. Thank you, Cody. Uh, to all of our donors, big and small, every little bit counts. Yes. We are certainly grateful. We use the money to keep doing the show to the level that we'd love to do it. And uh, as always, I'd like to thank... The ever enigmatic Mr. Puzzles, Backlog Manager <laughs> Dane, for putting our episodes up on YouTube every single week of his own volition on his free time because he's just that kind of person. Yes. I think that's all. Uh, there, there will be an update regarding the t shirts as soon as we have one. Again, I'm expecting possibly mid-June these will be in and being shipped. We will let you know as soon as we do find out. And we will have a little bit of a surplus. So if you missed your chance to buy one, you will have the opportunity to pick one up. We will let you know when that happens. All of this was courtesy of and thanks to the efforts of the wonderful people at BossBattles.gg. Uh, thank you guys for that. And I think that's what I've got. Mm -hmm. I think we're good. Brooks, what is our theme song? Your theme song is Moves by Sycamore Drive. Mm. Uh, how did, would you guys have to close out this show? As your favorite wrestler. Okay. So until next time. Tropical, Tropical Capricorn. Capricorn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dig it. Fired up. Courtesy of Brooks. <clears throat> and now, a dramatic reading. Hulk Hogan, have a question to answer your question. As you, Hulk Hogan, travel to WrestleMania, by conventional means, the norms, the normals you travel with, ex with experience malfunctions. Ultimate Warrior may have been having some damage here. As you realize, all that is left is your total self-destruction. Do you, Hulk Hogan, show self-pity? Do you, Hulk Hogan, try to reason why? Do you, Hulk Hogan, try and comfort the normals that have even more fear than you? Or do you, Hulk Hogan, kick the doors out. Kick the cockpit door down. 
take the two pilots that have already made this sacrifice that you can face this challenge. Dispose of them, Hulk Hogan. Assume the controls, Hulk Hogan. Shove that control into a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. Push yourself to a total self-destruction as you realize, Hulk Hogan, that you are about to enter a world close to parts unknown. Ah, smell it, warriors. Do you, Hulk Hogan, look for a place to hide? Exterminate! Exterminate. Or do you, Hulk Hogan, (laughs) face the challenge of the Daleks? You may be more powerful than even you are, Hulk Hogan! (laughs) You, Hulk Hogan, must self-destruct so that you will know Hulk Hogan, who is the chosen one for Hulk Hogan. I am not the chosen one that you speak of. I am not. I, Hulk Hogan, am the only one. What the fuck was that? <laughs> it was the ultimate that warrior telling Hulk ultimate... Hogan to commit an act of terrorism <laughs> and take a plane and crash it. That was the most coherent ultimate warrior promo that has ever been recorded. <laughs> <laughs> because the rest of them are coked up. <laughs> the rest of them are? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior l- like to give speeches. <laughs> yeah, that one, he is slow, and you can understand what he is saying. <laughs> the other ones are, like, extremely fast-paced and nonstop. <laughs> uh, speaking of nonstop, that is not what's happening now. I'm hitting stop. No. Bye. <laughs>